right, hey go. man this is kevin smith and you're listening to below the belt what's below your belt man the below the belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired it is now time for the bad boys of baltimore pips up goes down I'm your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most here for your weekly pleasure each and every week, guys. we got a special show for you tonight. We have a returning guest co-host, and we have a new voice that you'll be hearing on Below the Belt Show. However, the new voice and the returning voice have known each other for decades, but nonetheless, let's welcome... Back to Below the Belt Show. He is actor extraordinaire. He is a podcaster extraordinaire. He does it all, guys. He edits. He writes. He's a screenwriter. Um, he uh, is a thespian. Maybe not a lesbian, but a thespian. <laughs> Depends on who you talk to. <laughs> the one and only party arty Art Hall. What up? Um, so, so two things. One, uh, you are the host with the most what? Um, uh, it, it's it's a very cliche saying. I'm the host with the most. So, I know. Oh, I, I I'm know. aware of the saying. I just felt like I'm <laughs> that way. And thank you for lauding all these these um these delightful hobbies I indulge myself in. Uh, I am a jack of many trades and a failure at many of them. So it's pretty cool. But if you want to really hear a story of failure, you should introduce introduce the other co-host. Okay, that's right. Joining us for the first time as guest co-host on Below the Belt Show. Um. What what accolades can I give this man? Um, he is uh, the master of sales. He is also <laughs> extraordinarily gifted at um, at uh, car commercials, at car sales commercials. All right, he's a commercial car star. Oh, he, he is the one and only Chris. Break down the walls, Chris Walls. <laughs> I was just trying to think of a clever nickname. I asked if you had a nickname. You said you didn't. So. He's got Colin oh, Walsey. He, he just, he, you know, where, where's the canned audience laughter and, and applause, you know? <laughs> okay. There you go. 
Yeah, he looks really happy to be here too. Look at that fucking face. Yeah, it's, a pleasure. it's a pleasure to be here. I guess this is the the true sign that I've made it. You know, the Below yes. Default show. I mean, you know, we we hear about it in the news. You know, we we see it on every every social media platform on every e entertainment news. Below the Belt show is just everywhere. And the fact that I've made it here tonight, I I, I don't deserve this. I, I, so, I know you you really deserve to be on something like that was disappointing. Not this show, man. Right. Exactly. This is this is too highbrow for you, dude. You need to this come back show, down to the basement. Been on. For, I mean, I mean, let's. You know, uh, this is a show that's been on for how many years now? Oh my God, uh, I, I definitely at least fifteen years. Fifteen years. I mean, fifteen years. Success there. How old were you when actually, you started before, the show, Al? Before podcasting, actually. Yeah. How old were you when you started the show? Um, I don't think I can do complex math right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't fall into my trap. Good for you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Boom. Uh, well, uh, Chris Walls, well, I hope you uh, enjoy your um, first time on BTB going below the belt. And of course, you've actually been a part of Art Hall's podcast, or, or should I say podcasts, plural. That's true. He has done both of them. Yeah. So I will uh, now um, uh, shine a spotlight on one Artie Hall, Party Artie, to tell us about his podcast, one that we've discussed before, and then a little after that, tell us about the new one. Sure. Uh, First one's That Was Disappointing. We just crossed our first year. I think we're in episode, uh, coming up episode three or four of season two. And that is just me and this uh, co-host of mine, Joe Lex, and our producer, Kenny. And we sit down each week with a couple guests, and we discuss random um, subtopics to a theme. And sort of just break some balls and hope to entertain or disappoint our audience. And by our numbers, we're doing the latter. And <laughs> uh, the second podcast that is yet to come out is going to be dropping on July 30th. So I'm not sure when this particular show is airing. Maybe it's already come out by now. I don't know. But that is called Subversive Cinema. And yes. about the weird, wacky, and the downright wrong entries in the history of cinema. We talk about all things from... Uh, some of the more infamous movies like a Serbian film or human centipede series all the way to some really out there stuff like the greasy strangler or Vernon Chapman's final flesh. And of course the movie uh, I did on your episode. And we did assholes is one that we did with Al Al here. We did assholes, um, Peter Vank's, uh, Vax, uh, film. And, uh, that was a good time. The salad there, Artie. That's right. Well, you know, I'm always going to invite you into my greenery, so. Okay. <laughs> and what movie, what subversive cinema did Chris Walls review? Chris is our resident human centipede expert. We had him <laughs> on for the first human centipede, which he had never seen. And we will be recording later this week his second entry, which is Human Centipede 2. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and he's been having a hell of a fun time watching these. Yeah, what yeah, it's been uh, an experience for sure. So <laughs> definitely, I, I have not seen, you know, a lot of these movies, and it's good for me, good to go into these things not seeing them, I think, and not really knowing too much about them, right. and just letting it just hit you in the face, so to speak. And that's what uh, Subversive Cinema does. It hits you right in the face. Oh, my God. <laughs> Amongst but, other body parts, yes. Could, could that be one of the creepiest, sickest films you've ever seen, Chris? Uh, I would say the second one certainly was. Um 
I thought the first one was until I saw the second one. <laughs> <laughs> See, and but that's so funny because that is uh, these are all relatively quote unquote tame uh, in terms of the the pantheon of really fouled up movies. Yes. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the the iceberg of disturbing films that had made its rounds around uh, Reddit a month or two ago. Uh, but it is a infographic that someone created, and it just <laughs> it it just has eight levels that they get progressively worse. And all the movies that you think you know are horrible and terrifying are level right. one. Human Centipede, I think, is like a two or a three. Whew. And there's still levels below that. Um, I will say that the lowest we go on this show will be to like a depth of five or six. After you get to that, they they cease to be movies. They are just mixtapes of fucked up stuff that are available to challenge your watchability. But uh, we will definitely there. There's a there's a whole series of movies by this guy named Lucifer Valentine mm-hmm. that I'm going to be potentially doing depending on how the show does because those are pretty goddamn extreme um, <laughs> and I have to find somebody who's willing to do it, <coughs> Chris. <laughs> Let me get through the trilogy of Centipede, and uh, we'll and then you'll, you'll you'll revisit that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the banner that both of you have. Um, for the podcasters, you won't see it, but uh, nonetheless, it's Buckwild Media with uh, a donkey that looks like it's either a excruciating pain or b it's getting rammed up the butt. Or um, maybe it's ramming the industry in the butt because okay. it's just coked out and just here to deliver. Okay. <laughs> I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about Buckwild Media, Artie. Of course. Buckwild Media is, uh, you know, the, the re-envisioning of what we called Buckwild Entertainment once upon a time when Chris and I made our first film, The Money Shot, together. And uh, it was rebranded as Buckwild Media when we released the 15th anniversary of the film last Woo! year. Yeah. yeah. 15th anniversary. How old were you when you? <laughs> well, 15th anniversary was when it was released. There was okay. a, it was sitting in limbo for three years prior to that. <laughs> when we made this movie, we were uh, 21 and 20 at the time. So okay. yeah, very nice. <laughs> yeah. So, um, most people, when they think of money shot, Artie, they, they think of, um, porn, they They're think of porn. Wrong. Um, nope. so, uh, obviously in porn at, at the end of many porn scenes for those, for the faint of heart, um, it's typically where the cum shot is the end of a scene. Um, uh, there wasn't much nudity in your film. Uh, Chris, why don't you chime in on that one? No, there wasn't much nudity in our film. You're right. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to pull you away from your words with friends time on your phone. Can you put that shit away? Jesus. I didn't realize we were still doing the show here. I apologize. I, I heard oh, you, I heard I really you even drop that. the damn thing on the I desk. Heard, Come I, on, yeah, man. I just, I just heard a bunch of rambling on about uh, a, a failed movie that was released <laughs> years ago or something. I don't know. Um, yes, no, Chris that wasn't when much I bring up this movie because he's he's more than happy to move past it. Mm-hmm. Listen, it was fun to do. We were kids. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> Even there was no nudity. There, of course, there's it's raunchy. It's definitely uh, certainly raunchy. There's um, dildos in it. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot of rubber dick in that. That's there's for a sure. lot of rubber dick, and there's a lot of sim. There's some simulated stuff, right? Yeah, pretty poorly done, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so you can still enjoy the film, and I'll tell you, it's a, it's a gem of a film, guys. I mean, I I think it, it really has the the makings of a cult classic. Um, so uh, our, where where can we find Money Shot? Well, at this point, courtesy of Amazon's ever-changing policy and prejudice towards the independent creator, you can find it on Amazon for a dollar to rent or to buy digitally. You used to be able to buy the two-disc special edition DVD, which was not the 15th anniversary. That was the OG movie, but it was a special edition with lots of bonus features. But Amazon nixed their manufacturing capabilities. So now the movie you used to be able to see for free on Amazon Prime, you have to pay a buck. A whole fucking dollar. Work an extra hour of overtime and, and just Pay the damn dollar and watch the movie, okay? You'll you'll be happy you did. Okay. Mm, indeed. Uh, what are the numbers on that, Art? By the way, have we uh, have there been some sales uh, there for the dollar? Well, uh, you know, there was two rentals in England not long ago. So oh, that wow. was England. That's strong. We have fans from across the pond. Yes. Apparently, we do. So we'll be getting <laughs> our we're getting our pound. Our, our eight our 82 pence how uh, cool man rate that'll probably be like a buck 14 so that's pretty good all right dude that is awesome well again guys uh art hall he is a filmmaker extraordinaire um of course that doesn't end with money shot of course that was your first major film but you got a bunch of stuff coming out of course uh, you have a film that yours truly and chris walls actually worked on um Campful of Ashes? That is true. You want to yes. talk about a, a, a throwback almost at yes. this point. We are very much to my chagrin to admit this. We are coming up on four years that we filmed this movie. Wow. Okay. So we are definitely getting closer. Are you in the post, 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 post production now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're getting into the color now. We're getting into the color correction. So Okay. Okay. All yeah. right. So, so it, it's, it's coming. It's coming. And uh, keep an eye out. There's another movie I'm in called Gap Weekend. Uh, that should be coming out later this year. Oh, cool. That's awesome, Mario. You got some cool stuff going on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chris, make... what have you been up to, man? What do, what do you got coming out? What good oh. deals do you have on the lot? I... <laughs> <laughs> well, I realized long ago that, um, you know, as much as I enjoy movies and doing things like that, I just didn't see a way to make an income from it. So I decided to go into uh, the wonderful world of automotive sales. Yes. <laughs> yes, baby. Every, everybody needs some wheels, except for those that live in Manhattan. But if you're anywhere outside Manhattan, you need a fucking car to get from point A to point B. People are buying cars in Manhattan now. It's <laughs> <laughs> because they're all leaving Manhattan. Yeah, well, <laughs> right. You need cars to get away. So, so that's yeah. uh, so I don't have anything new on that front. Past 17 years, I've been doing that, and that's that. <laughs> well, Walsey, we had a good time in, in uh, said city of Manhattan. We checked out some of the latest tourist attractions, including the Vessel and yes um uh, the edge the uh, edge yes oh on top edge. of the world ma i would say it's probably if anyone has a chance to go one of the the best observation decks that i've ever been to um nice. very it's beautiful at night is nice during the day is even better so definitely highly suggested and of course 
you know, when 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 Celebuton, I'm sorry, may I call you Celebuton? Yes, you can call me whatever okay. the fuck you want. So when Celebuton and I get together, it's always a great time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hell some yeah. some crazier than others. Yes. The crazier times have been years past. Years but... past. So it's tamed down quite a bit. Okay. <laughs> right, why are you nodding your head like you <laughs> I'm I'm not talking about the crazy times you've you two have had, but I know the crazy times you and I have had. Yes, that's and, true. <laughs> um, uh, if if you two have had the same times, well then color me surprised. Uh, but that's that's pretty cool. I can dig it. You guys are talking about that time you both Eiffel towered somebody, right? <laughs> a, little, a little bit of the old spit roast. Yeah. I mean, it involves one part of the Eiffel Tower joining and then leaving in the other Eiffel Tower. Well, now, anyway, that's neither here nor there. What am I talking about, man? I'm talking nonsense, but nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> let, let's go ahead and talk about everything. This is why our listeners have tuned in. This is for everything in the world of entertainment, guys. Um, Coming to and you fresh and live, whatever happened last week. Let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, but I want to announce uh, my pre-recorded interview that we'll be playing at the end of the program. Um, a movie that is being promoted in July. So I guess call it Christmas in July. The movie is called White Elephant. Um, interesting timing on the promotion of this film uh, to be released in the summer. Um, but nonetheless, I guess they're going with the Christmas in July motive. But this was a really fun Christmas comedy film that you can find on all the video on demand pr- platforms. Um, I, I interview director and writer Corey Moss, along with Lana McKissack, actress extraordinaire, and Paul Kamirian. Paul Kamirian, you might have seen dancing on The Masked Dancer on Fox. Um, and um, Lana McKissack, you might have seen in a Christmas movie. She's kind of like the Christmas movie queen. She's done a bunch of Christmas movies. This one's called A Christmas Movie Christmas. Um, so, But we're all talking about the White Elephant Gift Exchange. Has, has anyone ever done a White Elephant Gift Exchange before? Oh, yeah. And were, were you ever disappointed at the results and it ended up being like just the shittiest gift ever? Oh, yeah. Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> that's the entire point of it. You get anything other than that, then it's just like... <laughs> exactly. I mean, white elephants are just an opportunity for people to give away the random shit they've collected throughout the year. Yeah, exactly. Lots of re-gifts going on. But yeah, that's at the end of the program. So that's going to be a lot. Um, that's going to be a joyous, joyous ride. Um, get you into the holiday spirit at the halfway point of 2021. But let's talk about everything in the world of entertainment. So I guess let's go ahead and play the theme song. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. Lights all right yes that's benji and joel my buddies down in down in crofton maryland hon (laughs) (laughs) he had neither of them talk that way (laughs) of course i'm all about bringing back the baltimore accent so chris and Artie, if it slips or if you'd like to, <laughs> to uh, talk in said accent, uh, this is uh, very encouraging. I'm all about it. So <laughs> so we got a big, big upset at the box office. So um, a lot of people thought that Black Widow would be the number one movie for the second week in a row. But Space Jam, a new legacy, um, which I haven't seen yet, um, surprisingly 
Um, yeah, knocked Black Widow out of the number one spot for for the number one um, movie of of the weekend. Um, which a lot of it uh, they say is attributed to having the film on Disney Plus. Because goddammit, if you're going to give the audience a choice to keep their ass at home and watch the movie on their TV or go to the theater, I mean, I would say 50% of those are going to probably want to sit at home and watch it, even though it is at a premium price. Um, Artie, I know you keep up with everything Marvel and Disney. You get a chance to watch Black Widow. I did not. Um, I was actually trying to check out and see if because I've heard about that, too. Yeah. Um, but I was wondering because I, you know, we have HBO Max, but I don't remember if they said that Space Jam was in theaters and then streaming or streaming and then going to theaters. They dropped that so, shit concurrently, bro. So HBO Max has been doing both. Yeah. Yet Disney had Black, you know, you know, like Widow out, and then they, I mean, I'm guessing it's still out, but then they released it on Disney Plus for a cost. Correct. For a premium Which is crazy, though, upgrade. because, yes, I guess if you're doing a family of, I don't know, a family more than one, then buying it at home is easier. Though it's an event film, probably should see that on a big screen. And I uh, guess most people have let their AMC subscriptions lapse or whatever. But I wouldn't pay $30 to watch something on my TV. I wouldn't. Yeah. I think it's definitely the, the the best call to watch something like a Black Widow in the movie theater because the effects were just outrageous um, and um, it's just it's, it's it's part of the MCU man I mean these are the the big blockbuster and it's the first MCU movie uh, in two years I mean like Endgame was the last big movie you know so this is yep. a lot of excitement for that um, even though it still killed it in the box office. Um, Third place uh, goes to the Escape Room Tournament of Champions. Fourth place uh, is the Fast Saga F9. Rounding up the top five is Boss Baby Family Business. Um, man, that Fast Saga, they won't quit, will they? I mean, they just... it sounds like there's just a lot of garbage out there right now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And it's interestingly enough, The Rock uh, has stated that he is done with the Fast and Furious franchise. He is completely done with it. Um, yeah, well, he's he's pretty much like, you know, I don't know, he's just relegated to doing these, you know, PG-13 action movies now, so. I guess he's uh, he's kind of like the um, the role model for, for, for young kids, you know, and uh, if he's in a rated R movie, I guess it kind of, you know, his core audience is, are, are the kids, I guess. I mean, I guess that's an explanation as to why, maybe. But, uh, I mean, you know, he, he, I don't know. Vin Diesel and Rock butted heads. Um, Tyrese um, butted heads also with uh, with The Rock. So, I, I don't know. I mean. I don't know why, because I understand The Rock is one of the nicest dudes you'll ever meet. Yeah. Uh, by all he accounts. Because, I mean, he's been on campus a number of times back when they were doing Moana. Yeah. So I never met him, but everybody I talked to that worked with him said he was incredibly nice. So all I can think is everybody else is a dick. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that. Yeah. I mean, Tyrese was pissed because um, Rock did the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff, which Tyrese wasn't in. And of course, he's delaying a, a, another paycheck instead of bringing back the next fast movie. 
you know uh-huh. so that's you know you messing with the brother's money you know basically so well that was a hell of i mean look i don't know the stories so i don't know how that falls into the universe of that right. but it's just like unless you know Tyrese's character was integral to Hobbs and Shaw. It's like, then shut up. You have no place in this. Right. It's not your character, (laughs) not your story. Whatever, dude. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But two big movies are coming out this weekend that will um, definitely uh, challenge the top of the box office. One is G.I. Joe Snake Eyes, um, which apparently has gotten very lackluster reviews, guys. Um, Overwhelmingly negative. Um, Who would have thunk? Yeah, um, basically ranged from constructive criticism to outright reading for filth. Wow. Um, Mm. um, Some of the examples include I was pretty let down, generic story, bad script, ultimately all hiss and no strike. Um, (laughs) The hiss, I guess, with the snake, I guess. Yeah. Snake eyes. Uh, There are truly some breathtaking action sequences but they get muddled down by the weak plot. Jeez, scathing reviews. Um, another one is M. Night Shyamalan's next movie called Old. And of mm-hmm. course, uh, yes, that is a twi- another twist in the M. Night. I mean, you got to have a twist in the M. Night Shyamalan movie, right? I mean, but at the same token, man, we, we do expect this from an M. M. Night type of project. I mean, he started it all with The Sixth Sense. Um, which that reveal was just groundbreaking at the time when that film was released. And now, he sure as shit tried to follow it up. He tried to follow it up, but I don't know. I mean, he was uh, in doldrums until he, uh, until he did unbreakable and then split, um, everything. And village was a nice effort. Let's not even bother with the happening. That's like the finest comedy oh, he's ever made. <laughs> yeah. So we don't need to even cover that one. That was and so bad. Was... Airbender. Please. Yeah, that, that was really pathetic as well. But yeah, there's, critics are saying that Old um, is better than Glass, but inferior to in, Unbreakable in Signs and much less than The Sixth Sense. So um, just something to keep in mind when you uh, uh, want to assess the, um, the Shyamalan scale when you go watch that movie. Um, but, you know, I'm going to check it out. I mean, you know, I mean... I think Shamans has has had great movies and he's had bad movies, but he hasn't really had anything in between, you know. Um, yeah, he's kind of polarizing in that sense. It's like right. he's, he's either knocks it out of the park or he just shits the bed. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's pretty accurate, actually. Yeah. Um, and of course, they have the red carpet uh, premiere at the Lincoln Center in New York City. Um, they had a yellow carpet as opposed to a red carpet. So, um, but um, let's talk about some trailers that I'm really excited about. One is, my gosh, Dune. Have you seen the latest trailer already? It Not is- the latest, but I watched the first few when they were coming out, and I was excited. <laughs> and I actually wanted to not see any more. I just want to see the movie. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes trailers give a little bit too much away, don't they? Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, it's like if you've read the book, then mm-hmm. I'm sure there are going to be some deviant choices. But you know how it ends. You know where it's going to go. But at the same time, I'd rather see some of the spectacle 
on a big screen for the first time than seeing it on my phone or on my computer screen. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Um, but the trailer um, showed a little more dialogue with Jason Momoa and Timothy Chalamet um, and Zendaya. Uh, mm-hmm. Zendaya plays Chani. Um, Timothy Chalamet plays Paul Atreides. Um, and Duncan Idaho is the character that Jason Momoa plays. Yeah, he's the the badass trainer guy. Like he's the, yes. the defense dude. Exactly. So um, again, we've mentioned that Dune is a definitely a movie that's worth a reboot because even though people say the books were great, the original Dune film from the '80s was very underwhelming. So, um, yeah, this is definitely uh, a reboot because, you know, a lot of people say, oh, God, why are they rebooting that? But I think this this is a definitely a case where we definitely um, a reboot is welcomed. Oh, absolutely. I mean, David Lynch has said numerous times publicly he was really not happy with how the movie turned out because he was handcuffed by the studio. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Another interesting trailer. I'll say interesting because I'm trying to see how this works with. Uh, Anyway, it's called The Last Duel. It's uh, mm-hmm. Adam Driver, Matt Damon. Um, and uh, it's interesting because Jodie Comer's in it as well, who is Marguerite de Carogas, uh, who has an English accent. Um, but Matt Damon and Adam Driver are devoid of any English accent. So I'm trying to, hmm. you know, you, you, you kind of watch it as a Game of Thrones vibe, you know, and then you're kind of confused by uh, the American accents for Matt and Adam when it's. I mean, based it's, on, you know. So you're saying that they don't have accents, right? They don't have accents. When this is a bunch of seemingly French people, when it's Jean de Carago or Jacques Legris or right. Count Pierre de Lausanne, <laughs> yes, and exactly. they're all going to be oui, speaking. Oui, <laughs> hey there, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's all I was like. I was, like I, was, I was hoping that Adam Driver was like, wait, it was Adam? Wait, he sounds like Kylo Ren. It's like, it's not. <laughs> but, does, but, but does Matt Damon sound like, like Goodwill Hunting? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, from what I heard in the trailer, it sounded like there was no, there was like, there's no accent. It was just pretty much just. Although he's got, Matt Damon does have a movie called Stillwater. Um, that's coming out that where he plays yep. a Trump supporter um, and, um, you know, it's a completely different character that that I haven't seen before. So really looking forward to that one. That should be pretty exciting. Another trailer that just dropped is Jackass Forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're a fan of the Jackass movies, um, <laughs> the trailer is pretty crazy. I have to admit good old Johnny Knoxville, 49 years old, getting shot out of a cannon. Um, <laughs> Also, Machine Gun Kelly um, getting uh, booted into a pool after a bicycle slap stunt. Um, okay. Yeah. So a lot of your uh, favorite um, jackasses are back. Steve-O and uh, Wee Man um, and all, all, the, all your favorites from, uh, from Jackass. And uh, it's interesting at, you know, late 40s, 50s, these guys are still putting their bodies through hell. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, but must be the money. Must be the money. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. So we got some movies in production. Um, well, we got a couple films will be um, <clears throat> premiering at the Toronto Film Festival. One includes Kira Knightley's Charlotte, which is an animated film, um, and it's a graphic novel adaptation. 
Um, and uh, follows Charlotte Salomon, a young woman who grows up during World War II and comes out to the other side with her artistry to create a masterpiece. Um, also, another movie that will be premiering at the, the Toronto Film Festival includes Dear Evan Hansen, which is a movie version of the hit Broadway show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Art, I know you're a big uh, Broadway aficionado. <laughs> not as big, not as much of one as you might think. Okay. okay. <laughs> I know <laughs> some of the shows. I've actually never seen that one. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Okay. Yeah. Well, the original actor is from the Broadway plays in the movie. And a lot of people were criticizing him because he's older now. He's like pushing 30, but still playing a high school student. But, but that's you know, par for the course when it comes to Hollywood anyway. I mean, yeah, shit. I don't know. It's like what, just like when you watch thir- uh, 13 reasons why or euphoria, it's just like, man, you got like a bunch of people in their late twenties, early thirties playing high schoolers. High I mean, school, it's right. not it changed. Right. right. <laughs> yep. Cause I mean, you can't, you can't, I guess you can't even legally hire under 18 kids like having, you know, simulated sex and drug use. You'd have to have a lot of body doubles. But then again, hey, right. look at look at Larry Clark's kids. You think all those people are 18? No, they were under 18. <laughs> and but then again, that was made in a different time, so. Different different era. <laughs> different time, different era. cinema has changed, guys, man, that's for sure from what we recall. Um, couple big Marvel movies in production. Love the Marvel franchise. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever is in production Ooh. now. And actress Michaela Cole uh, from I May Destroy You just joined the cast. Her character is uh, kept on the wraps at the time, at the moment right now. Um, she's also had small parts in Black Mirror and The Last Jedi. Star Wars Last Jedi. Hmm. Um also, um, Blade will be going into production um, soon, but they're zeroing in on a director. Uh, Bassam Tariq um, is in talks to helm the uh, feature project. Um, and Mahershala Ali, as you know, is playing Blade. He kind of resembles Wesley Snipes. I think it's, I mean, uh, I don't know if they were going for the necessarily the same look, but uh, Mahershala Ali is kind of like a younger version of Wesley Snipes. Kind of I can see, have, yeah. I remember when I heard about Marshall Ali being uh, talked about and then cast, and eventually I thought that's a really good choice. Yeah, yeah. solid well, actor. So. The only problem I have with this is that you can't make um, Luke Cage canon, um, as Marshall Ali ha, you know, was, was the villain in Luke Cage, and if you're trying to bring the well, they're not. It's it, Marvel Television is a separate thing, and they I think they've decided that that's its own its own universe thing. okay um, even though they have broken rules they've you know they've had some of the mcu i think uh one is um maria hill uh sh- showed up on agents of shield but agents know? of shield though from what i understand is not like what they'll do what with agents of shield will do is they will reference the movies but the movies are the canon and the movies will never reference agents of shield right so it's like a one-way sort of thing like it's a one-way yeah they're doing their own thing they're like okay. we're gonna draw <laughs> from that but the cinematic universe yeah. it, it doesn't it at all okay fair enough of course one of my favorite directors of all time is kevin smith and um <laughs> oh, yeah. clerks clerks three is going to production guys this is pretty exciting all the original cast is back 
um, even Jeff Anderson as Randall, I think he was the one they were they were kind of waiting on before they decided to go ahead. I think he, for whatever reason, I don't think he's really acting much. But um, and then you have Brian O'Halloran as Dante, Jay Muse as Jay, Kevin Smith as Silent Bob, Rosario Dawson will be returning as Becky, um, and it will begin uh, production in August. Uh, just next month, uh, next month, and uh, we'll be shooting in Jersey, wow. Red Bank, New Jersey, the location of the original Clerks movie in 1994. It's amazing for that shoestring budget. That fucking movie um, grows so much money. Um, it's it's sick. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but um, and Clerks two actually did very well too. So. Um, I'm really excited. Uh, you know, um, Chris, were you a fan of Kevin Smith's? Uh... I, I was. I was yeah. big, big, big fan of Clerks and uh, you know Jane and Silent Bob Strike Back and yes. know, a lot of that, a lot of the Kevin Smith stuff. So yeah, I'm excited about that one. I actually did not know that that was going to go into production. So very good. That's cool stuff. And they're yeah. doing virtual location, which is you know they didn't they didn't forget their roots there. So that's that's yeah. good. I think that was a requirement because I don't think they did the second Clerks movie in Jersey. I think they had shot it elsewhere. I'm not sure. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think that's what I recall reading. And to bring it back to Jersey, you know, um, is, is a good is a good call <laughs> with the Jersey accent. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, we also have a couple movies with Universal for three upcoming films. Um, they have a sci-fi comedy called Distant. Which stars Anthony Ramos. Um, you might know him from In the Heights. He was a did a great job in In the Heights. Um, Zachary Quinto's in that as well. Naomi Scott is in that. Um, basically, a blue collar worker in space. Uh, the transport ship crash lands on an alien planet, uh, and there you go. That's the loose um, uh, synopsis there. Um, also, um, for you Filipinos out there, Joe Coy is in a movie called Easter Sunday, a comedic ode to the Filipino-American community. So I got to throw that one out for the fellow Filipinos. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> and also, Universal is releasing um, The Last Voyage of the Metter. Um, is a story based on, on the chapter of Bram Stoker's Dracula. About a ship's doomed voyage to London as is haunted by a merciless presence each night. Um, okay, uh, going back to the Bram Stoke, uh, Stoker Dracula movies, um, which I don't think they've revisited in, in film in a long time. So um, that would be cool. Yeah. Of course, horror. One of the the the, the great horror um, directors and writers right now is Jordan Peele, and he's got Daniel Kaluuya coming back. For another horror film, and this is funny. The title of the film is Nope. 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 That's funny. I think about Nope when uh, Artie and myself and Chris we were in um, Vegas for our friends' uh, uh, was it a birthday party, birthday celebration, and we all went into this haunt. Oh no, I'm sorry. It was for a bachelor party. That's right. I'm trying to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a party for uh, I think it was for you party already, wasn't it? Was it or what? Yeah, it was. I, yeah, it because was. Okay, that's yeah. right. It was for me because that's right. We had a lot of people there. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And it was Zach Baggins Haunted Mansion. Yep. 
And I remember this one creepy room where uh, this really creepy, creepy doll and the like, literally the creepiest noises you could ever imagine. I remember uh, Joe going in there like really quick and he's like, nope, nope, not going in. <laughs> you know, so I've, I'm wondering if what that that's where the, they got the title from for the movie. Yeah. Nope. Like could be. Nope. I don't know. <laughs> nope. 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 I'm not going in there. <laughs> uh, but uh, also, uh, including Daniel Kaluuya in this upcoming Jordan Peele film, is Kiki Palmer and oh. Glenn from Walking Dead. Steven Yeun, who seems to be getting tons of movie roles since he's been nominated for an Oscar for Minari. Um, he's also in Space Jam, too. So oh, yeah. Interesting. So he's, you know... Getting killed off Walking Dead, I guess, was a good thing for him because he'd still be stuck in that and that. Spoiler off. alert! <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert from what? How many years ago? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, also, there is a psychological thriller film called Jane, starring Riverdale's Madeline Petch and R&B star Chloe Bailey, who happens to also be the Little Mermaid, uh, the live-action Little Mermaid. Um, and Melissa Leo, Oscar winner, will be joining them in this film. Um, and uh, it's about, um, well, it's a psychological thriller, but it also focuses on mental wellness and anxiety issues for young adults. Um, so, uh, sounds cool. Check yeah. it out. Um, but moving on to Netflix. Um, so Netflix is all about uh, bringing you some big movies, um, direct to Netflix movies. So another uh, streaming service that's capitalizing on these crazy movies without a theater run. One is called We Have a Ghost, starring <laughs> Anthony Mackie. That's the Captain America himself, the new Captain America. I guess that's a spoiler alert. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> David Harbour. Uh, and it's an upcoming family adventure. Uh, and it's interesting because they are both recently in Marvel movies, both David Harbour in Black Widow and Anthony Mackie, of course, you know, he's the Falcon and now Captain America. Um, so they're both in that, that film, major Marvel moments. And now in this film together, um, also stars Tig Notaro, Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer is known as the MILF in the American Pie <laughs> franchise. And Tig Notaro was like the, uh, after uh, Chris Delia got canceled, uh, they digitally replaced Tignataro over every instance of Chris Delia in the Army of Darkness movie. Uh, oh, <laughs> Army, Army of the of Dead. Oh, sorry, Army of the, in the Army of the Dead movie. Thank you. And and I tell you, now it makes sense as to why all of her dialogue felt so fucking weird. Wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, it, it other than tough. that movie being a total dumpster fire, it, you was, it was a dumpster fire. I thought it was fun. I thought it look. I thought it was fun for the violent factor. Like okay. there was some int- and but you know this is the problem that happens with Zack Snyder. Like the introduction was amazing. The 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 credit sequence where you're seeing the fall of Vegas, amazing. I wanted to see that as a movie. What okay. came after that? was 14 dinners that arrived at your table at the same time. And before you could really get an idea of what each tasted like, the waiter took them all away. There was so much butter on the toast, so many opportunities that were missed, so much shit was levied on. And then when you start looking at it, there's so many plot holes. 
It was fun, but my God, it was it was not good. Okay, so you admit it was fun. <laughs> no, I said it was fun, dude. I'm a yeah. I'm a I'm a horror hound. So right. the way like you know turning zombies into hamburger, that's my jam. But <laughs> watching like the lines were stilted, the acting was a little janky at times, and the yeah. story was just like. When you get to the, I'm not going to spoil it, but when you get to the end and then We've you hear the real motivations already. behind what happened and why it happened, it makes no fucking sense. None at all. They didn't have to go through any of that shit if the real reason was X. Anyway, whatever. Continue, Al. That's okay. I mean, we already mentioned on the show that um, that how the hell are they going to come up with a sequel because everybody... Anyways, that's a spoiler. Oh, you got a robotic zombie, so why the hell not, right? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Also, from the team that brought you Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse comes a Netflix film called The Mitchells vs. The Machines. It's an animated family film. And according to Netflix, it's the biggest animated film that Netflix has ever released. Um. Okay, <laughs> so we'll have to probably see the how... most expensive is what they mean. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, I'll have to check out the trailer, I guess, but uh, if it's already out. But um, uh, let's see. Uh, also on Netflix, Michelle Monaghan is going to pull double duty in the form of twins. She's going to play twins in a limited series called Echoes. So it was uh, picked straight to series last month. Seven episodes. A mystery thriller about two identical twins, Lenny and Gina, who share a dangerous secret. Okay. So a lot of camera trickery, I imagine, for this film. Um, as uh, do, do you think um, Michelle gets paid twice to be twins? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they get paid by the day. But he could do the, the Winklevoss twins thing from uh, Social Network and just graft her face onto another actress's body. Yeah. That's oh that's how they made that work. Yeah, with Army Hammer back then. Right, yeah. right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's another one that was canceled. Yeah, we can't say his name anymore. I know. <laughs> that's a thing, man. You say something, you're. We'll call him Navy yeah. Screwdriver. Now that's a stupid joke, but whatever. <laughs> right, Army Hammer. Army Hammer got it. Oh man, have you ever watched Fate: The Wink Saga on Netflix? What's uh, it? Uh, it's a. Basically, it's a live-action adaptation of the Italian cartoon series Winx Club. Uh, Chris, that sounds like it's your thing. <laughs> I have not watched it. Okay. <laughs> well, they finally found its flora. Uh, so uh, they just cast Paulina Chavez as the role of flora. So if you're a fan of that show, be excited. Um, never Yay. seen it. Um, but this act, this trailer actually looks really, really cool. It's a horror thriller on Netflix. It's called Brand New Cherry Flavor, and it's based on Todd Grimson's '96 cult classic of the same name. Uh, tells the story of a filmmaker who heads to Hollywood in the early '90s, tumbles down a hallucinatory rabbit hole of sex, magic, revenge, and kittens. Okay. <laughs> um, sounds like uh, a good time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sounds like Ocean City on a on a Saturday night. On a Saturday night. <laughs> and one of my favorites, uh, Rosa Salazar, um, who I worked with on Jamesy Boy, and her breakthrough role in that film. Of course, she was recently in Bird Box, 
with Sandra Bullock. Um, also, Netflix, for your reality TV fans, there's a show called Sexy Beasts, which uh, it's an interesting premise. Kind of like The Masked Singer, because you're, you're masked and these creepy uh, creatures of sort, but you're kind of, yeah, it's basically dating with the mask on, and you're kind of just... Uh, um, meant to to um assess um whether love is truly blind or not you know um <laughs> so potential suitors they're basically in prosthetic makeup and um and uh yeah i mean the it, it, i mean i i don't know with 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 the mass singer i mean i guess it kind of works but um well it's about it's about falling uh, falling for you know attraction of somebody's personality. So right. let me ask you, Al. These th- th- this is literally the exact opposite of naked dating or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. So which of the two shows would you rather go on? Would you rather participate in the 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 monster whatever the fuck you called it uh-huh. or dating naked? Uh, sexy beast because I'm a grower and a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, how do you feel about this? <laughs> I, I choose neither <laughs> oh that's right well he he's a, he's an honest man now so he can't yeah you're an honest man now i choose neither uh, it's all right most marriages end 50 percent in divorce so supposing you fall on the wrong side of that equation chris which show would you go on theoretically um i i would i would probably want to go on the one where i would see the other person okay, so ah, you're, naked you're, dating baby you're, like, yeah. you're letting it all hang out when, even though it would be incredibly embarrassing i would probably do that one chris's <laughs> balls hang incredibly low it's like the elasticity <laughs> of scrotum <laughs> is something that I, is no, I, it's, it's, it's something you know, to really see and it's been that way since high school it's really oh wow you know you just bring it up some high school shit guys Holy I mean, shit. it's like you know if i've ever seen a guy who needed a jock strap for his nut all the time, even when he's not a playing bra, a bra, a bra for his balls. The Buck Wild Sack Sling is, I think, That's what we uh, <laughs> come up with. You got to answer that question too. Which show, theoretically, would you prefer to be on? Well, the dude, two? I'm, a, I'm a fat fuck, so I'd want to keep my shirt on. So I'm going to go to the Beast, the Sexy Beast, because yeah. I don't right. need them. I don't need them seeing my man titties and okay. then making that snap judgment. <laughs> That's fair. I could dress uh, in like a black polo, you know, pull off some of that slightly slimming bullshit. Okay. You know, maybe, you know what? I probably put on one of them like those, uh, those man now. girdles. <laughs> yeah, they met spanks for men. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that could work. Uh, <laughs> so Netflix apparently is the savior for so many failed TV shows. One, well, not to say failed. Let's not say failed because Cobra Kai was a show that they brought from YouTube and became a phenomenon is now, can you believe nominated for an Emmy fucking Cobra <laughs> Kai, which is an amazing show, by the way, because I'm a big fan, of course, cry to kid. I mean, you know, but um, now they want Netflix to save manifest. So manifest got canceled after the third season and people compare the show to lost as far as uh, the twists and turns and, and how it kind of the, the, the central focus of the show is an airplane. That mysteriously, you know, um, disappears, returns, and everyone else in the real world has aged 
um, and the people that on plane that were on the plane that returned um, stayed exactly the same age. So and the audience like, gets no answers. I get it. It's good. Right. Lots of answers and um, that need to be answered. Lots of questions that need to be answered. Sorry. Um, so now uh, it actually did crazy numbers on Netflix. So it's just one of those shows that although it was canceled, um, maybe we'll have a new life on Netflix and we'll uh, do a season four at least because the showrunner intended on the show going for six seasons. Mm-hmm. But um, um, yeah, I, I got to get on the set for uh, one of those episodes. Um, it's a well-oiled machine. Well-oiled machine. So uh, check that out, guys. Pretty cool show. Um, nice. and I'll check it out when I know there's going to be a, a another season because I want to well, know there's a you, guarantee they're going to answer the question. But you want you loved Lost, Art, so I figured this show would be well right up your off. Right I enjoyed Lost, but at least there was an ending, and I negotiated with myself to be okay with the ending. From what I understand with Manifest, because it got canceled, there is no ending, so I'm not going to put myself through it until I know that. There's That's a very good point. Jupiter's Legacy was another one. Like, like it got great numbers. Um, there's a lot more story to tell, but for whatever reason, decided to cancel after the first season. Kind of crazy. Kind of crazy, man. Um, yeah. So COVID seems to be still an issue on on sets. Um, of course, you know, being on a set, there's still some of the most strictest testing policies. Of course, I was just on a set yesterday. Um, and um, Bridgerton had to be shut down uh, during production of season two due to um, somebody testing positive uh, on the set of that show, as well as Matilda, uh, which is an upcoming musical adaptation. Um, that adaptation also uh, resulted in a positive COVID test. And segueing into HBO, Game of Thrones prequel, The House of the Dragon, also had to pause production. Um, due to uh, COVID-19 in one of the cast and crew, which they don't really reveal. They they never reveal who it is, unless it's, I think they they reveal it if it's one of like the A-list actors, but, Mm -hmm. um, but usually they don't. It's interesting. They would, they would reveal it if you're famous, but we don't give a fuck. If you're not famous, (laughs) we won't put you on the spot. Kind of weird how it works that way. Um, And also Westworld. Um, when the fourth season of the production of Westworld had also a COVID-19 positive test result. So, oh man, it's kind of crazy, man. I thought we were kind of like, uh, putting this in the back back burner now, but, uh, yep, still, got a lot of Delta variants out there. That fucking Delta variant, man. I'm never going to fly Delta again. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> that was a really bad dad joke, but not yeah. now this one for you gamers, I'm sure you played this game, uh, the last of us. Oh uh, yeah, well I'm waiting for I'm looking forward to uh the HBO the adaptation. That's right. Yeah. So just added to the cast is Anna Torf. Um she'll play Tess, a smuggler and hardened survivor in the post-pandemic world. <laughs> right. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. And of course, you know, Mandalorian himself, Pedro Pascal is in it. And uh he plays Joel. Yep. And Bella Ramsey, who is a little bird in Game of Thrones, will play Ellie. Mm. So, um, yeah, so that that sounds really cool. Um, you're a fan of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how cool is the game? It's great. It's uh, 
it's one of those that has a fantastically solid story, keeps you guessing, and it uh, really gets your emotions. I would say, though, uh, I think Pedro Pascal is going to do a great job. But watching, seeing the game, a dead ringer would have been Dylan McDermott. Uh, I mean, you you play the game and you look at the character. It looks just like Dylan McDermott with a fucking beard. Yes. Like, okay. Exactly. Um, so I guess he wasn't available. I guess. I mean, you know, <laughs> the dude's still in good shape. Uh, he could totally handle it. But, yeah. uh, you know, again, Pedro Pascal, he's he's good. I like him. He's the Mandalorian. This is the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting, uh, Anna Torv, it's a uh, yeah. had I not seen her in Mindhunter, yes. then I would have guffawed at her casting because last before Mindhunter, the last thing I saw her in was Fringe. Yeah. And in my mind, she was always the weakest part of that show <laughs> because she had two faces, maybe three expressions. <laughs> And it was just like, oh, so here's a girl that's, you know, kind of pretty. Now we're just going to give her her own TV show. Uh, But thankfully, Josh Jackson and John Noble carried the rest of it. But then I saw her in Mindhunter and I was like, oh, shit, she must have been taking some acting classes. She got really (laughs) fucking good. So now I'm totally confident she could do a great test. Oh, that's funny how her... It sealed, sealed your uh, opinion of her after you saw my Yeah, because I know my opinion really matters right. in the grand scheme of things. Not only, I'm sure it's held in high regard between you two jamokes, but to all the <laughs> listeners out there who don't even know who I am or give a fuck. So uh, there, there's my opinion. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> One of our favorite hotties uh, is Alicia Vikander. Oh, love her. She's going to be uh, in a new series called Irma Vep. Um, she basically is an American movie star, delusion, uh, disillusioned by her career and recent breakup. She comes to France to star as Irma Vep in a remake of the French silent film classic Les Vampires. Les Vampires. I don't know. That's a pronunciation in French. Set against the backdrop of a loose, a lurid crime thriller. Mirror struggles as the distinctions between herself and the character she plays begins to blur and merge. Okay, so she kind of goes a little meta, I guess, or a little um, method on the uh, on her character, kind of blurring with her actual persona. Kind of interesting. Mm. Um, I just pretty much call her crazy. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, um, actors are kind of crazy, aren't they? They have to be a little bit of crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for you Curb Your Enthusiasm fans, um, you will be seeing the season 11, um, drop in at towards the end of 2021 as well. The second season of Love Life. If you're a fan of Love Life, that will return in 2021. Also, um, pretty exciting for HBO Max. Batgirl is getting a movie direct to HBO Max. Mm. Um, and um, In the Heights star Leslie Grace and actress Haley Lou Richardson from Five Feet Apart um, are actually the two actresses in contention for the role of Barbara Gordon. Interesting. They usually just announce who books it, but this one they're like they're telling you who like the final two in consideration <laughs> for this role. I thought it was kind of surprising to read that they would reveal that until it was like, you know, yeah, it was on the dotted line, so to speak, you know, but interestingly enough, they revealed who was in the, the top contenders to, um, 
take on the the role, the the cow, so to speak, of uh, Batgirl. Um, also, Dune is getting a spin-off series, which is pretty exciting because the, the movie is really, really awesome. I mean, based on the trailer, of course, I'm saying it's awesome. Of course, the, the trailer could be awesome. The movie could, you know, be lackluster, but I'm pretty sure the movie is going to be kick-ass. But nonetheless, there is an upcoming Dune spin-off series on HBO Max. Um, it's called Dune the Sisterhood. It's, uh, explores the world of the book through the eyes of mysterious order of women known as the Bene Gesserit. Uh, given extraordinary abilities by their master of the body and mind, uh, the Bene Gesserit expertly weaves through feudal politics and the intrigue of the Imperium. That was a lot of craziness that doesn't really make any sense, but nonetheless. Is this uh, the show? It's called Dune the Sisterhood? Dune the Sisterhood, yes. So direct. Well, just you know, it's the the Benny Jesserit. Benny Jesserit. Did I say Benny? I said something else. Yeah, the Benny Jesserit. Benny Jesserit. Okay. Um. Hey, it's Dune. Fuck it. Sounds cool. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. No, that's uh, essentially what his mother was in the story. Okay. And it's just the sisterhood of these really uh, powerful women who are in. Con- you know, in touch with this this mysticism. Cool. Um, HBO Max also has um, a rock climbing competition show hosted by Jason Momoa. So <laughs> Aqu- Aquaman himself, call him, you know, Cal Drogo, if you will, um, is an avid rock climber, and uh, he will be the host of that show. I'm sure um, a lot of women will be tuning in for that. Um, moving on to Disney Plus, um, She-Hulk, uh, the series is um, in production now, and I think it's awesome because it ties in um, the MCU as well with Mark Ruffalo reprising his role as Bruce Banner, Tatiana Maslany playing Jennifer Wal- Walters, aka She-Hulk herself, and Arrow um, star Josh Sagara. Mm. Has joined uh, the cast as well in an unknown role. Um, she Hulk will be dropping in 2022. So, more than mm. that. Um, Artie, are you a fan of The Boys? You know, I have not seen it, but everything I've heard leads me to believe that I would be. You, uh, I think that has to be next in your queue list. I implore you. I already, I, I already found one spoiler where apparently one of the boys' superpower is uh sort of like being Mr. Mr. Fantastic except with his dick. Yes. And the still shots <laughs> I've seen of this tentacle like yes. prehensile penis <laughs> that just moves around it's hilarious. Hilarious looking. So Would that be a superpower that you wouldn't mind having? I think that'd be pretty fun, you know. I think it'd be you know, I think it wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't be bad. Okay. I'm sure that you could find some some ways to not only have some beneficial activities, but uh, have some some comedic moments with it. So they're actually doing in boys um, the infamous hero gasm storyline, and the showrunner Eric talked about it, and they said based on the dailies, it looks really X-rated. Nice. Um, so basically, hero gasm already is. The spring break or the hedonism for the soups. 
uh-huh. where they can go and fuck and drink and do as much coke as they like to the heart's content. That sounds like a vacation of uh, a fit for Chris Walls, right? Um, yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> His doctor told him he had to slow that shit down or okay. he'd be stepping into a coffin early. Okay, that's fairly, fairly, fairly fair. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a weekend full of sex and drugs. Um, and again, I guess they checked out the dailies because there's a lot of simulated sex because of all the orgies happening mm-hmm. that it surely would be rated X. Um, but they really have to do some clever editing to get around that uh, X-rated uh, uh, <laughs> craziness. I mean, uh, I, I'm going to have to call a little bit of bullshit on that. In, in people love to amp up stories like that to really because right. you know it's naughty, it's scintillating to hear about. I bet if you were to see the footage, you'd be like. Oh, well, that's nothing more than what you see on HBO right now. You know, yeah. uh, it's it's just like the same stuff that, you know, I, I've seen this time and again. It was just like if you were to see the uncut version of Eyes Wide Shut, it's so timid compared to half the shit that's on HBO right now. So I think people just love to do that stuff. So it's just it's just a start a fire. I'm looking forward to it, man. I think you'll love it, uh, Artie. Uh, the boys, even you, Chris. I think I would, uh, love, I would love to watch it. Yes. Yeah. So, plenty of time to catch up. It's only ten episodes a season, and uh, and they're only on uh, season two. So, uh, also, Amazon's got an exciting series. Uh, if you're a fan of Neil Gaiman's work, which you know he's the mind behind American Gods. And now he's producing The Sandman on Netflix. He's got another novel that's going to be adapted on Amazon called Anansi Boys. Um, Hmm. Yeah, so Anansi Boys follows Charlie Nancy, uh, a young man who is used to being embarrassed by his estranged father. But when his father dies, Charlie discovers that his father was Anansi, the trickster god of stories. And he learns that he has a brother. And his brother Spider is entering his life, determined to make it more interesting, um, but also making it a lot more dangerous. Um, hmm. And dude, Gaiman is just a brilliant, brilliant writer. Brilliant writer. He's, if you haven't, he's seemingly—I don't know if this is all new or they're just diving into his his you know library. But mm-hmm. if this is pumping out, man, he's he's really coming with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, over on Hulu, we got uh, Maya Rudolph and Natasha Leone's Animal Pictures production company for their first feature film called Love in Color. About an aspiring young artist that is forced to join her high school track team. She uses this uh, opportunity to pursue the girl she's been harboring a longtime crush on. Okay. Um, some uh, young lesbian love, I guess, uh, that you can see on Hulu. Um, also, speaking of. Um, Young talent, Lana Condor, will be in a, uh, a takeout, uh, a comedy series in development at Hulu. Um, she plays Iris, a cook with crime fighting with a crime fighting secret. Okay. So she <laughs> works at a restaurant. You know, she, you know, 
cook by day, superhero by night kind of thing. I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. Sounds like they're they're getting thin on the pitch room ideas. I like yes, it. Yes, right? <laughs> with 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 the lead being an Asian American, you know, so there's their twist start. Representation oh, matters. Okay, well, I mean it's only a twist if they try to make them generically. Right. You know, if they're like, hey, look, what if we have an Asian lead working in a Chinese restaurant and then they do <laughs> martial arts at night as a, I'd say that's 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 not empowering. That's offensive. That's right. just stereotyping. <laughs> yep, exactly. <Jeez. laughs> Oddly enough, that is the story. Hey, look at that. Way to go, Hollywood. You're so woke. <laughs> they are woke as hell. They're so woke that all they drink is coffee. Um, hey, well, that's another dad joke. <laughs> I had to take another shot just to deal with it. Jeez. Right, I know. <laughs> wow. Although this be is shit faced by the end of this, dude. I know. This is the point. Um, Stars has a drama called Heels. So for those of you that miss Glow on Netflix, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, and want their wrestling dramas back, you can check out. Um, yeah, you can check out Stephen Amell, who is known as Arrow, more, more, more. Um, popularly known as arrow um but it's all about um just the independent wrestling league in the middle of uh the midwest i guess um but the trailer looks pretty cool um and especially wrestling fans i think you'll enjoy it Um, that's going to drop on stars on august 15th also alan maldonado is in it as well as Rooster Robbins, one of the best wrestlers in the circuit. And Alan Maldonado has been on Below the Belt show. So kind of cool little tie in there. Over on AMC, um, they're doing an interview with the Vampire series. Interesting. Okay. We need that. Vampires are coming back, I guess. I guess uh, the the whole Twilight Vampire Diaries, um, people are missing their vampire, you know. uh, So it's going to undulate between vampires and zombies. Is that what it is? Okay. The zombies are kind of on the the down, right? I guess also, zombies Zach are on the Snyder, way out. Yeah, but, Zach Snyder kind of brought it back. When are they just going to bring back fucking monsters? Like, just creatures of all sorts. Right. That's yeah. what I'm waiting for. Right. <laughs> monsters, yeah, they were supposed to do some kind of monster-verse, like MCU. Yeah, well, they made The Mummy with Tom Cruise, and that right. was the problem. That was the Look, problem. This is, it's the whole thing with, yeah, Universal suffers from DC, right. like, which is uh, severitis, you know? Where it's like they try to make everything <laughs> so fucking severe, right? And, and what you get for it is schlock, so. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, over on Showtime, Shailene Woodley, you might know her from the Divergent movies, Big Little Lies. Uh, she's joined Showtime for an upcoming series called Three Women. Uh, I wonder who the other two women are going to be. But, hey. <laughs> but it's a drama book to television adaptation of the bestseller by the same name. Okay. So uh, check it out if you're a fan. Are you, are you a fan of Rick and Morty? I am a fan of Rick and Morty. <laughs> Holy smokes. It has been so good this season. I haven't seen the season. You know, I like to wait until they're all out so that I can I binge. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but that show was the smartest damn show on television, in my it's opinion. so smart and raunchy at the same time. Because usually raunchy is not smart at the same time. But oh, yeah. And I, Rick and Morty has, has somehow just geniusly combined those aspects together. 
Yeah, I only watch it on HBO Max. If I try to watch it on Hulu, they censor it, and I'm like, I can't have that. I gotta, okay. I gotta have bombs. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, just uh, they just dropped episode five, and uh, we're gonna get the the ten episodes in a row. They're not gonna do that big break in between. So. Oh, thank uh, God they're breaking from that whole terrible, terrible habit that I think I think it was a uh, fucking AMC started that. So. Yeah, The Walking Dead does that shit, man. You know. Oh, and didn't they, aren't they doing something even crazier now? Where like the final season has three parts. <laughs> Because it's not enough to let your audience have to wait for one fucking break, but now yep. you have to wait for another one. It's the final season, and I think they wanted more, but they were like, you know what? Let's just do a long ass final season instead of like twelve seasons. You know, it's like two more seasons. So, and look, uh, nary a Rick Grimes movie to be seen anywhere when we were promised three of them, right? Right. Yeah, I know. I think they're really behind. Actually, you know what? I it wasn't official, but I think they're about to go into production for the first Rick Grimes movie. And I will admit that I heard that they're doing a theatrical release, not a television release. So I don't think that would translate well in the theater unless you put some A-lister in there. Well, that's what I heard they were doing was that Universal is going to put the first one out theatrically in wide distribution. You know, I, it could do well if you put the right actors that are they're just uh, bona fide box office yeah. you know, generators. Could I think work. they're just banking on the fact of all the people who watch the show, but neither here nor there. So Neither here nor there. Um, but are you going to eventually get back in The Walking Dead already? Uh, probably not. I'm just going to read the synopsis and I'll just okay. <laughs> You know what? Maybe sometime when I'm in my golden years and I have just a lot of time for a whole lot of nothing – I'll sit down and be that weird old guy who just watches hyper violent zombie shows and Love it. lets my grandkids wonder what's going on with grandpa. <laughs> and before we take a classic cut break, we have a couple uh, announcements on CW Gotham actress, Victoria Cartagena has been cast uh, as Renee Montoya in the upcoming Batwoman series on CW. Um, so if you follow Batwoman and if you're familiar with DC Comics, um, Renee Montoya, um, obviously there is a Renee Montoya in the Birds of Prey, but can't really confuse those two. That's Rosie Perez in Birds of Prey movie. Um, but again, the CW and the DCU are not intertwined. So, but that's that, that you know that's just confusing. You know, if they wanted to. You know, at this point, trying to put those two together. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Madeline Mantock, who plays Macy Vaughn for the first three seasons, Charmed, is leaving the series. Boo! No, it doesn't really have any impact on me at all. I was like, wait, who is this? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> if you're a fan of the woke Charmed on the CW network, where they're all Latina. Wait, there's a new Charmed? <laughs> there's a new Charmed where all three of them are Latina. I didn't even Chris, know there was a new Chris, Charmed. You got three cute Latina girls. I mean, you're already you're already intrigued, Chris, aren't you? Well, yeah, Chris is Chris is down to clown. <laughs> I'm awake now. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at him. He fucking visually perked up. I'm gonna try to stream it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the charm that you knew and love with the first iteration, of course, was uh, Shannon Doherty and Holly Marie Combs. Uh, and Alyssa Milano. It was white and, AF, is what it yes. was. Right, and now so they it's went. It's okay to the, give a little bit of a, a fucking fresh coat. So a, yeah, it had a Latin flavor, and then one of the sisters was African American, and I guess also Latina because she was kind of like the half sister. So, but yet basically you had some flavor 
uh, in the CWs. Uh, how are they going to do without um, uh, Macy Vaughn character? But we'll just have to wait and see. Come but on. nonetheless, uh, this is a good time for a classic cut break, and we will be saying goodbye to um, Chris Walls. That's right. Salesman extraordinaire. He could sell ice to an Eskimo. He can sell sand to an Sam to a Middle Eastern. Uh, but he can't seem to just make it past 1040 right. p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Man of many talents, yet he succumbs to the nature of sleep. Quite all right. So I'm going to go on to a classic cut. You got nothing to say, Chris? Well, you're just going to go out quiet? I, thanks for letting me be a part of this, guys. Appreciate it. Thank Sorry, you, I am tired. Next time will be much better, I guarantee it. Yeah, there won't <laughs> be a next time. <laughs> so it's been a pleasure to be on Below the Belt Show, the only time I will. <laughs> Thank you. Now, Chris, uh, before you go, any uh, anything else you want to promote or, or um, any goodwill messages or any uh, good karma you want to throw out? Anything. Uh, yeah, just uh, watch Money Shot on Amazon. Okay. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't think I've ever gotten a promo out of him in my entire <laughs> life. Okay. Hey, you want to tell him people, to listen people to People actually listen to this podcast or this show art. So, <laughs> <laughs> do you want to tell them to listen to your Subversive Cinema episode as well? Yes, yes. Listen to Subversive Cinema. Subversive you... Cinema available on all the platforms, right, Artie? Mm hmm. Okay. It shall be, yes. Just just search for it. It'll come right off. Chris Walls, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to go a classic cut break. And, of course, the classic cut does tie into a sad news bit where Biz Markey, rapper, singer, and actor, um, he was behind the hit Just a Friend. He's a Baltimorean, if you didn't know. Mm. Uh, passed away at the age of 57 um, with his wife Tara by his side. Um, and, um, he'd had a lot of complications due to diabetes. Um, and of course, yeah, just a friend was kind of like the anthem, uh, that many guys didn't want to hear a woman say, uh, <laughs> that they were trying to pursue. I get a dust of that. Um, uh, yeah. so this is a, this is a classic song guys. So we'll be back right after the classic cut guys, rest in peace. Bismarcky. Just a friend and Art Hall and Al Soto will be back for your listening eargasm. <laughs> We're after a cut. And we'll be saying bye to Chris Walls. So we'll be back after the classic cut. Fuck out of here, Chris. Goodbye. <laughs> you, you got what I need. But you say he's just a friend. And you say he's just a friend. Oh, Yeah, that was uh, Just a Friend by Biz Markey. R.I.P. Biz Markey. Yeah, man. He is a Baltimore, another Baltimore uh, rap legend. Um, we've had a few from this town. True. Cisco, the thong song man. A few. <laughs> I'm going to go out. I'm going to have to give a, a shout out to uh, a rapper from the town, Boss Man. Uh, I don't know how much fire he caught back in the day or over time but 
I still have his album, and I think it's fantastic. So, B to the OSS for life. B to the OSS for life. All right. And Bismarcky for life. Yeah, and Bismarcky. Yeah, no doubt. But he's still with us, though. Boss Man? Yeah. I I think so. Okay. <laughs> okay. He's still above uh above uh above the ground. Yes. Uh okay, so you know, interesting enough, as as we thought we were at the end of the pandemic, the San Diego Comic Con decided to go virtual again this year. Yeah. Um, you know, this is one of the biggest cons. Uh and to keep the tradition alive, they are doing Comic Con at home and it's just a three day um Pan, basically just a three-day uh, event of, of virtual panels. Um, interesting enough, interestingly enough, in Washington D.C., uh, AwesomeCon is coming back just a month later in August as an in-person Comic Con. So, I guess now you know, California and, and Washington D.C. might have uh, some different. Uh, thoughts on the matter Rules well I, I you know i don't know how popular the the dc one is when you compare it to the size of san diego I, i've never been to the dc one but my question was going to be um do they limit the amount of people who can watch the panels at san diego comic-con online like they do in person because i could understand you know there's there's you know it goes both ways you can create the buzz uh, and to replicate the in-person experience by, you know, essentially making people have to camp out online and refresh their browser. Right. Or you can let the people <laughs> see it all. But here's the thing. After this, do you think if, if they do let anyone and everyone come and watch the panels, do you think there's going to be more, less, or the exact same hullabaloo when we do go back in person to those? Because people would camp wow. out for days for some of these. You're absolutely right. And I think because we're in this um, unexpected time, you know, unprecedented time, so to speak, um, they did not limit um, the number of viewers for these uh, virtual panels. Um, So um, I actually got to check out a couple of them myself. I I believe that the live version, um, you know, might have had some technical issues as far as like uh, buffering and stuff like that. Um, but immediately after it was live, they they placed the um, the panel directly on the YouTube page of of, uh, of San Diego Comic Con, so it's it's available for everybody. So you know, um, yeah. But you're right; people used to camp out, you know, for you know, unless you were the, one of the lucky people that might have had a press pass. You know, brush my shoulder off it. <laughs> I didn't have to camp out, but nonetheless. Uh, yeah, San Diego Comic Con um, will be uh, virtual. So some of the panels we just talked about heels, the wrestling drama with Stephen Mel from Arrow. They'll have a panel. Star Trek Prodigy. This is the first Trek property created for kids, an animated series. I know you're a Star Trek fan, yeah. Party, but I don't know if you'll be tuning in for this animated series. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> the one I am looking forward to as an animated series is Kevin Smith's Netflix on Netflix, uh, Masters yeah. of the Universe, Revelation. Yeah. Um, and uh, interesting that Kevin Smith is tackling this because it's going to have some <laughs> some good humor. I don't think the original 
Masters of the Universe was known uh, for uh, its crazy humor, but um, expect Kevin Smith's version to have some of that, I imagine. Um, also, Star Wars The High Republic will have a panel for the comic book. Um, the Walking Dead will have a panel on Friday uh, to talk about much-anticipated much anticipated 11th and final season, which, yes, you mentioned already, broken into three parts. Uh, Lucifer will have a panel. Army of Thieves, which is the prequel to Army of the Dead, mm-hmm. um, which is all about the um, the locksmith um, safe breaker, um, right, right. safe cracker. The prequel film is directed by star Matthias Schwafhocker, who's reprising his role as the safe cracker. So Peter. he's directing his own. And he's directing and he's starring. What? Huh. That's crazy. How okay. did he manage to pull that? <laughs> oh, no, man. How is that possible? I just thought, I just assumed Zack Snyder was directing this one. Okay. Mm. I, I guess unless I'm reading this wrong. <laughs> <laughs> See, really? Um, and also Dexter um, is now going to get a um, uh, a revival on Showtime. They're going to have a panel as well. So some of the panels that you can uh, look forward to um, among the three days. Um, and we talked all about the Emmys last week when we announced all the nominees. You can listen to that episode on demand now. Um, but just some uh, news on the primetime Emmys ceremony. Um so as you know, last year was completely virtual, but um, this is this year in September will be a very limited live audience of nominees and guests. So you can only bring one guest. Nominees can only bring one guest, as opposed to the big entourages. Can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Cedric the Entertainer will be hosting it, and the Governor's Ball event is being canceled due to ongoing concerns of public health mandates. I thought. I thought this was in the rearview mirror. I thought all these parties were going to start coming back, but nah, man, Delta variant, bro. I feel you, Bo, but man, homeboy misses a good party, man. You know, <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Oh man, so I'm curious if the next Kennedy Center Honors, which will be in D.C. in December, will uh, limit the audience members, but. Um, the um, inductees for the Kenny Center Honors, which is a big deal, um, include Lauren Michaels from Saturday Night Live. Finally. Wow. Seems like a little overdue, right? Right. They honor <laughs> some of the legends in entertainment. Opera singer Justino Diaz, who I've never heard of, will be uh, also inducted. Um, Motown chief Barry Gordy. Singer-actor Bette Midler. And singer-songwriter Joni Mitchell all the uh, upcoming uh, inductees in the Kennedy Center Honors. Kennedy Center Honors was a lot of fun. I, I um, worked it actually one one year. Um, and talk about, it's an interesting casting because it was LL Cool J getting inducted and all these rappers rapping his songs. And <laughs> instead of hiring experienced dancers, they just hired screen actors, skilled actors to dance in the backgrounds. Okay. Didn't matter if you're a horrible dancer or not. We just had to create a club atmosphere, and nice. Um, some some people should just not be in a hope to try to create a hip hop atmosphere. There are some 
people there that should not have been in there. And I, I frankly, I probably wouldn't have cast myself. <laughs> nah. Let's be honest, I'm not, a, I'm not a great dancer. I wouldn't have put myself dancing with LL Cool J in the background. I just wouldn't. I mean, you know, but maybe that's the thing is that he just it's it's everybody's music, man. Everybody's music, right? <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one, man. Um, so they're doing uh um for reality TV, they're doing um a reimagined version of the Surreal Life, that surreal reality show where they brought together all these celebrities and put them in a house together and see what goes, uh, see what happens. But um. Included in the upcoming revival include Tamar Braxton, uh, Trump porn star Stormy Daniels, interesting <laughs> choice, Kim Coles, I think she was in Living Color, Dennis Rodman, NBA Wildman, Frankie Muniz, August Alsina, who is that? I have no clue. CJ Perry, um, and uh, this will be on VH1. Um, all right. So what's old is new again, Artie, and, I guess, and, right? And this is, what is this show? This is the surreal life. Okay. It's a reality show. And, uh, yeah, just putting basically, I mean, they had celebrity big brother, but they kind of had to vote people out. So real life, there's no eliminating or voting out people. It's just seeing the dynamic, all these different celebrities living with each other. Well, given some of the names you said, I'm going to have to put a giant set of air quotes around celebrities. Celebrities, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. And scumbag news, Keith Ranieri, um, the sex trafficker and Ah, leader of the Nexium cult, ordered to pay $3.4 to his victims. Reported 21 victims that will receive portions of the money. Wow, I mean, they were branded, dude, with their initials. That's a. I feel like that's a very small amount of women. Um, I feel like there was so many more people. So many more, right? Victims of that, but this is just part of our legal system: is that they can only really take the people where they have the hardcore evidence, and doesn't matter how many other people got it. Exactly. Other scumbag news includes Harvey Weinstein, who's been. He's still alive. Still alive. Uh, he's been extradited from New York to L.A. to face. Charges in a second rape trial where he's facing 11 sexual assault charges, including five women uh, in L.A. and Beverly Hills. Jesus Christ. I mean, these guys got the bad end of the deal where Bill Cosby is a free man. So, yeah, that's all because of a bullshit technicality, you know? Yeah, it's uh, they. Yeah, that, <laughs> I, I have to blame law enforcement for screwing that one up. Yeah, I mean, and didn't the. Uh, Bill have even more accusers than Harvey Weinstein. He did, and yeah. it's just they they but they bunched them all into that civil suit. And yeah, that was the problem. With that, the yeah, you get to so, you get to live the rest. Honestly, at this point, if even just one or two other people who who didn't come out earlier came out now, then it would work because that's not double double jeopardy or in violation of whatever right. you know, that that clause was. It would be a new trial, but yeah, but I don't know. I hope that fucker just withers away in his house somewhere with yeah. some jello pudding pops somewhere, right? <laughs> as um, long as he doesn't get paid for it's fine, right? Exactly. He'll be doing jello commercials from his from the, from his couch, I guess. No. Um, whoever wants. To. I mean, fucking Kevin Spacey's now working again. Crazy, crazy. Is enough. he really? Where is he working? He's now? gonna be on an Italian movie. 
Oh, so he went over the he went overseas. Overseas. He, okay, so he had to leave the American market and yes. he'll go to Europe. I he'll do you. he'll do okay in Europe. Uh, Roman Polanski, you know. Yeah. To Europe. It's the European haven, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what you got to do, man. You get in trouble, right? Oh man! Wow, talk about a fucked up thing here. An actor named Isaiah Stokes. Never heard of the guy, but apparently a Queens, New York grand jury. Um indicted him for murder for fatally, sh- fatally shooting a man who sat in a parked car in Queens. Hmm. Uh, he basically unloaded um, 11 shots during um, the afternoon. Um, and apparently the guys had some major roles on the Americans and Blue Bloods, Rescue Me, Law and Order, SVU, Boardwalk yeah. Empire. Empowered. Yeah, he was a guy who played a lot of uh, parts on different t- TV shows. Yeah, you recognize the guy? No, I was just looking him up myself. Yeah, yeah, all the way back to Rescue Me. Yeah. So they're saying, um, yeah, he was. Uh, it's a three-count indictment with second-degree murder, two counts of criminal possession of a weapon. Um, yeah, that's that's a, that's a clear way to kill your career is raping and killing. Those two will not go well. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. Um, Gossip news. Tommy Dorfman from 13 Reasons Why. I think you mentioned that show earlier already, didn't you? Yep. He's decided to come out as trans. um, Yeah, he now wants to be, or sorry, she now wants to be known as the pronouns of she and her. Um, Really? what, What role did she play can you look that up because uh let's see um ryan i just haven't seen the show in a while okay Okay, and and was his character in uh, was he pretty much a very male very male character i don't remember i only saw the first season and part of the second so i don't even know who the hell ryan shaver is as a character okay okay well um it'll be interesting to see what happens um, I think it's getting another season, isn't it? Um, um, and also, let's not forget, and I've said on the show before, how the heck are they going to continue Elliot Page uh, with her character as Vanya in Umbrella Academy Season 3? I'm just very curious of how they're going to handle that one. Um, going to have to write that off, I reckon. Yeah, I guess. I don't write it off. I mean, she is. The biggest star of the franchise. Write it off as in write off her character, you think, Artie? I'm guessing that's the only option they have. Really? Because she's a cis woman? They couldn't just... I mean, I guess she could She could just appear. Well, I mean, it's, that's venturing into such a, a dangerously personal zone. There's right. no way to know of saying, hey, do you mind playing, essentially, you know, do you mind cross-dressing to continue this role? Um, I don't know. It's it's going to be whatever his comfort is, I suppose. Yeah. So, d- yeah, I don't know. That's that's a tricky thing. That's have to wait and see what happens. Yeah. Also wanted to wish some uh, well some well wishes to go out to Blink One Eighty Two bass player singer Mark Hoppers. Oh, Mark. Just, Hopper, yeah. Yes. Just. Announced his cancer diagnosis. Um, he's been undergo undergoing chemotherapy treatment. Um, basically, Bad it's not, stage four. It's, yeah. it's stage four. It's a, the 
it's the blood. It's blood related. Yeah. Um. So um. Hopefully um. The chemotherapy therapy will work and he'll recover. But yeah, Blink Blink One Eighty Two is definitely one of my favorite pop pop punk bands. I know Artie, you were a big um Panic at Panic at the Disco fan. I think you got me into them. Um, yeah. Back. I mean, you know, they're a little different, but yeah, yeah, for sure. They're all kind of in that genre. You got Good Charlotte, you got Yellow Card, Newfound Glory, Blink 182, Panic at the Disco. They all had that similar, like, you know, style. But um, I've always, I've always put blank as sort of its own entity that that jumped on the scene a little earlier because they had a sense of whimsy that the others didn't like they i don't know they just always had a fun sort of feeling you know i mean their you know their music videos were them running around streaking with you know you yeah know, was, uh, where disco is a little more emo like just, panic is a little bit more you know hyper emo yeah right. it's like feely <laughs> but but loud rock opera right good charlotte was always like wanna be punk kind of douchey you know <laughs> exactly yeah yeah no oh, well lots of stuff good stuff nonetheless stuff. and of yeah. course just a couple things in the world of wwe i know you're excited about this hon uh <laughs> oh yeah money in the bank took place last sunday um well, we uh, found out that Nikki uh, Ash, uh, almost a superhero, she went from Nikki Cross to Nikki Ash, who now has a superhero gimmick, um, won the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match, and she actually cashed in her Money in the Bank championship match on Raw the next night, and she is your new Women's Champion, Artie. Um, well, congratulations to her. Congratulations to Nikki, right? <laughs> you know what? I don't think she'll have the title very long. It's rumored that uh, Becky Lynch will be returning to uh, Raw, uh, or WWE for that matter, whether she's on Raw or SmackDown. So I look for her to be a transitional champion, so to speak. Mm. Um, but uh, nonetheless, um, and Bobby Lashley retains uh, against Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. And um, interestingly enough, um, after um, Money in the Bank, uh, we saw Goldberg enter the ring. Uh, and looks like they are um, going full force with Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley at the upcoming SummerSlam. Um, so uh, Goldberg is, you know, he's just one of those guys. He, uh, he I mean, he was at you know, in his prime, one of the greatest. Um, mm-hmm. And now he just comes back for the big pay-per-views, gets his paycheck, may win the title, but will drop it like the following month or something. So that's pretty much very formulaic for Goldberg in the WWE, but it's a big name for ratings uh, mm-hmm. for, for the, for the buy uh, for the pay-per-view buy. So they bring him in for that reason. And same with John Cena at the end of the Roman Reigns match. Um, uh, Roman Reigns versus Edge, which is a incredible match for the Universal Championship. We saw John Cena, his entrance music played, and he came out for a big pop. Of course, John Cena has become, it's kind of like following the Rock's footsteps already. He, he's uh, getting all these major roles. He 
is going to be in the upcoming Suicide Squad movie as Peacemaker, and he's got his own series for Peacemaker on HBO Max. So very exciting that um, John Cena is coming back to the WWE for several dates throughout August into SummerSlam. Look for John Cena versus Roman Reigns in one of the main events, SummerSlam, and Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley in the other main event of SummerSlam. So those are two huge matches. I'm I'm stoked. I think it's going to be great. Um, And in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, Big E wins. Um, He was in a match with Riddle, Ricochet, John Morrison, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, And uh, a very action-packed ladder match where Big E, I think he's getting that, finally getting that singles push to, you know, um, get that uh, WWE or Universal Championship. So let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. But uh, actually, the next night on Raw, that's when we saw Goldberg um, after Bobby Lashley defended against Keith Lee, the returning Keith Lee on Monday Night Raw's main event. And Bobby, uh, sorry, and Bill Goldberg uh, entered the ring and challenged Bobby Lashley for the upcoming. Uh, match that we're going to see at SummerSlam. So pretty crazy, pretty crazy. So that's um, some some uh, exciting stuff going on in WWE for that matter. I know Art, you're f- full of elation. I I am. Cannot wait I'm... for SummerSlam, which is going to be in Las Vegas. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty much the second, the number two pay per view next to WrestleMania. So you got WrestleMania, and then you got SummerSlam. Those are two biggest events that WWE has to big bookends yeah (laughs) but SummerSlam that those two matches are very WrestleMania worthy so I I think those are Uh, okay two great matches and of course uh, we always have to give our rest in peace shout outs of course we already mentioned Biz Marquee who passed away also um, we lost Francine Lons uh, the mother of Keisha Cole and best known uh, for her appearances on the BET reality series, Keisha Cole, The Way It Is. Also British comedian and host of game shows like Name That Tune and Crosswits and Password, Tom O'Connor, that passed away as well. Um, and um, with death, we always celebrate life for those celebrating a birthday. And um, this is a special Thursday a recording of Below the Belt Show. Um, so we announce uh, the birthdays for today on Thursday. And that's Terrence Stamp. Happy birthday, Terrence, is 83 today. He's a legendary actor. Mm-hmm. George Clinton of the P-Funk, legendary artist, singer, is 80 today. Uh, Danny Glover, get too old for this shit. <laughs> Danny Glover, 75. Don Henley, another legend, 74 today. Albert Brooks, comedian director extraordinaire, 74. Um, also, Willem Dafoe is 66. Happy birthday, Willem. John Leguizamo. Happy birthday, John. 61. Feliz cumpleaños. David Spade. Big fan of David Spade. 57 today. <laughs> it's great. Rice Ifens. Actor extraordinaire is 54. Happy birthday, Rice Ifens. Um, and I haven't heard of these people, so I'm going to skip those names. Oh, and Selena Gomez. <laughs> Happy birthday, Selena Gomez. She's 29. Fuck the people we don't know, right? <laughs> yeah, I could read them off, but if I don't know them, I don't think anyone else will know who they are. <laughs> but happy 
birthday to the other anyone else celebrating a birthday today. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as we uh, conclude tonight's uh, episode of Below the Belt show, um, before doing, we get to our special awesome pre-recorded interview with two of the cast members of the holiday film that we're promoting in July <laughs> called White Elephant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with Lana McKissack and Paul Kamirian, um, which we're going to be listening to shortly. Art Hall, please remind the audience where we can hear your awesome podcast because, you know, you're the only other podcaster I have. Well, actually, that's not true. I have you and, and Jesse Fresco, Hardcore Bloodshot, the only podcasters i'll have on to promote their other podcasts here i was gonna say are you serious consider yourself very special oh well thank you yeah because everybody these days has one of these things (laughs) um yeah you can go on to your favorite podcast venue whether it be spotify amazon music apple google play whatever uh is that even a thing google play google podcasts i don't know google podcasts yeah uh, search for that was disappointing. And if you are hearing this after July 30th, you can do the same thing with subversive cinema and you will have fun, hopefully. So, so Artie, there's a particular episode of subversive cinema that we should look out for, right? That is correct. And I can tell you which day that's coming out. It will be released on Friday, August 20th. That is episode five. About the movie Assholes, featuring my favorite asshole, Al Soto, as my <laughs> uh, so uh, so check for that. It it the uh, the episodes drop at 4:20 in the afternoon Pacific time because <laughs> I love stone humor and honestly these movies require some sort of substance yes. to fully get it. So so uh, yeah, light a spliff, download it, listen to the show, and then go find the movie Assholes. And see if Al told you true. Yes, and I won't mention anything about. I mean, I enjoyed the movie, but we'll save that all for the episodes. I don't want to talk about it here, but yeah, it was enjoyable. Yeah. It's a, an enjoyable movie about assholes. Very weird, but you can hear it all on Subversive Cinema. Hell yeah, hell yeah! All right. Oh, Al, thank you for having me here. Yes, I thank you I'm very much, love. Art Hall. We we pretty much this is a, a two man show. Oh, yeah, we had Chris, but yeah, pretty much a two-man show. <laughs> it's pretty much a two-man show, and and I know that after this, uh, I'm sorry that you have to go back to Chachi. I, I'm sure that you will be in the future looking for someone to fill his seat, because we know he doesn't listen to the back episodes he's not here right. for. So uh, I can totally bury him right now. Uh, uh, I, can, I can put you way. over, put myself over. I can be the heel. How many of these am I getting right? <laughs> You're getting uh, all of them right, actually. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, forget that guy. He's just a jamoke. Send that jabroni back down the pike. <laughs> and he <gets> <laughs> That's hysterical, Artie Hall. Artie Hall, we look forward to um, – actually, I guess we should throw out that yours truly will also – be guest hosting guest producing on that was disappointing that's right we will be coming up having oh man i gotta i gotta do my uh (laughs) my mathematics here um al will be guest producing the episode that will be the first one to release in uh august so august 2nd you can hear al soto as our guest producer oh my goodness Yes, producer, look out! Whoa, let's see what that entails. A little soda brand, a little soda brand, a little splash of color. (laughs) There you go, yes, please, please. Representation matters. 
bring diversity to our incredibly whitewashed show, awesome. please. <laughs> that concludes tonight's episode of Below the Bell Show. We hope you enjoyed listening. And uh, yes, Chach McFly will be back next week, guys. Also next week, we have Laura Nimi, ne- who's a return guest on Below the Belt Show. Um, she is best known for her role on This Is Us on NBC. She'll be our special guest next week. Um, and she's got a really unique play called Pool Boy, which you can see in Los Angeles, where, where basically the stage is the pool of the house. So how they managed to turn that into a play? Check it out. <laughs> I guess if the, you're in L.A. <laughs> if, you're, if, if you're in a COVID era, it kind of makes sense, I guess, uh, to have a a play, uh, a play. Your stage is basically, you know, the back of everybody's, uh, everyone's, everyone that's rich in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yep. we'll talk to Laura all about that next week. But yes, closing tonight's inter- closing night show. My special pre-recorded interview with the Christmas movie that we're promoting in July <laughs> called White Elephants Christmas in July. That's right. Uh, director Corey Moss. Actress Lana McKissack and actor Paul Kamirian. So it's a great interview, guys. Check it out. So, on behalf of Art Hall, Party Artie himself, and of course, Chris Walls, who has left the building, <laughs> I'm, I'm Al Celebrity Soto. We will see you guys next week. Until then, peace. All right, special interview time here on Below the Belt Show. I'm your host, Al Soto, your host with the most, and it is Christmas in July, guys. Why not, right? And what better to celebrate Christmas in July with a film called White Elephant? Uh, You can check it out on demand now. Um, And, of course, we have to bring on two of the cast members. We have Lana McKissack, who plays PJ, and Paul Carmirian, who plays Scott. <laughs> Thanks for having us here on Below the Belt Show. Yeah, Thanks. great to be here. Yeah, no doubt. So, um, a very fun film, and uh, and you know, it's you can never, you know, Christmas can be celebrated anytime. So I, I feel like you know, watching a Christmas movie in the middle of summer on the halfway point just only makes you, you know, get more excited for the holiday season, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. I'm the type of person that always like uh, in my playlist. I might have a random Christmas song like from Michael Bublé or something that just plays randomly, and I'm not mad at it. I can. I'm. I love the Christmas vibe all year round, and I think it doesn't just, matter the month. Yeah, so. good mood at all. Yeah, exactly. Yes, and of yeah. course that was a uh, a perfect way to celebrate it. So watching a movie like this, guys, and I think we saw. Corey join and then unjoined, but hopefully he'll be back and he is the he director and writer. All's love of Christmas and he left. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, um, if we could like go ahead and introduce your characters um from um uh, this amazing Corey. holiday movie. And we have Corey, the director, writer, joining us as well. But if you could just kind of go around and introduce yourselves. Sure. I'm Lana McKissick. I play PJ in White Elephant. Um uh, PJ and her boyfriend, Billy, are the hosts of this annual extravaganza for their friends. All right. I'm Paul Kamarian, uh, and I play Scott in The White, of White Elephant. Um, and I am kind of, I would say, the comedic relief, the, the, the kid, 
kid in the group that hasn't really grown up yet. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's and it's loves cool. intimacy pillows and loves intimacy pillows. Yes, yes. I hope that was a parting gift for for the production. <laughs> and of course, we should introduce the writer and director Corey Moss. Hey, how are you? Good to have you on Below the Belt Show. So, Corey, uh, tell us about the motivation behind White Elephant. Um, and, of course, I just mentioned earlier, um, why not, um, you know, get into the Christmas spirit in the middle of summer heat, right? Uh, it is the halfway point, I guess, between Christmas and they say Christmas in July, right? So I guess this right. is kind of why you guys are in uh, promotion for this film in the middle of summer. <laughs> That's right. And it is it is a little bit of a different Christmas movie in that uh, – you know, there's no snow, there's no Santa. So uh, if, if you were to do a Christmas in July holiday movie, this is a perfect one, I think. So oh, fantastic. And uh, can you tell us about um, your experience with the White Elephant Gift Exchange? I'm sure this has been a part of maybe your family tradition or maybe your work tradition. Yeah, um, and, yeah. uh, and you were able to just put this all down in the script, I guess. Is that how yeah, you Yeah, you know, I... Uh, my extended family has a big uh, white elephant gift exchange yeah. that we went to, and my my two brothers and I are super competitive, and we would just go there on a mission every year, and we always had so much fun, and and there was always some you know built-in drama there as there always is in the holidays, and um you know I'm a I love holiday movies, but there's so many. I read the other day there's like 80 that are made every year so um it just felt like if you know like we had to do something really different and uh i think we accomplished that with white elephants so oh absolutely uh, totally uh, have encompassed it i laughed um you know i got caught up in the emotions with the drama he had thrown a little bit of drama which is good um but tell us about this amazing cast because uh i mentioned earlier that this is a very diverse cast so i was wondering if that was what was intended or um were you pretty much casting based on you know who who brought their best performance um during the audition process yeah you know we uh, uh auditioned it like uh you know any other uh normal audition process except that it was during the pandemic and and i think you know we had people that were more available than than maybe usual you know because uh, there wasn't a lot of production happening so absolutely yeah, an amazing amount of people audition which was super flattering and um you know the cast that you see are are the you know people who just completely shine throughout that process and um you know uh with uh, as a uh, as a producer and uh, on other projects and with this movie uh, you know, my philosophy is, is, is typically to not, uh, set out to, to type, to cast any certain, uh, um, race or, or even look. Um, and so, you know, when we, uh, when we, when we put out, uh, the, the roles, um, we look at everybody. And so, um, it's interesting, like, um, you know, the, the, the people who were also auditioning for these roles didn't necessarily look like each other, you know, like they were all different and also people auditioned for some different roles. So, um, Nathan, who plays Billy originally auditioned for John and he had a mustache and, and he was super funny and we, we loved him mm -hmm. for that role. And, and when we were talking about casting him in it, our casting director said, well, you know, that he's Lana's husband in real life. And we didn't know that. So. Uh, oh, well, they have to read for Billy then, you know, just so they can read once together. And then when we saw them read together, it was like, okay, that, that, you know, now we have to rethink John because he's 
perfect for Billy and um but uh yeah it was a it was a, a lot of fun an amazing cast and and uh super fun to put together wait so let me get this straight so lana you're um the actor plays billy is your real life husband yeah we've been married for eight years oh wow so uh, does that make um everything easier uh when having me on uh, on camera chemistry obviously i'm assuming it does yeah, absolutely. It makes everything easier. I mean, we always help each other with all of our auditions. So I was reading behind the camera for his audition. He was reading behind for mine. And this it just worked out that we got to read on camera together. And um, yeah, getting to work together is always a dream. He's my favorite scene partner. And it's yeah, it was a blast, especially in the middle of a pandemic. It was he was a big sense of security and, and fun. Oh, that's so cool. And uh, Paul, tell us about your, your scene partner, um, the actress that you work with that played your girlfriend. Yeah. How yeah. did you work with her? Carmela is absolutely talented. Uh, it was it was uh, such a pleasure working with her. And I, I feel like we, even though we realistically didn't have much time to, uh, you know, get chemistry in in such a like in for for something like this uh the rehearsal process that we had on zoom actually helped a lot to you know get to know everyone and get to know our scene partners and and people that we had to you know create this uh chemistry with and this friend group with so um it was so easy acting alongside um carmela uh, and of course, everyone else. I mean, everyone was so talented, and and I think our jobs were made a lot easier with the casting because casting did such a great job, and and uh, it was such a great group of people to uh, be acting alongside with, um, and it was just great, especially during the, in the middle of a pandemic, to even have that opportunity and yes. and and to you know to do our thing, uh, especially in such a such a freeing um environment like Corey created a set that was just so uh so like pleasurable to be uh, a part of in this as an actor because we we ultimately had freedom uh, sometimes to even improv and and you know find our own uh natural blocking or or things and he gave us that freedom um which which was very refreshing um and yeah i i personally i love that style of of acting and, and that's actually was, one of my questions was the improv yeah. because there's a lot of especially in the blooper reel at the end it seemed like there was uh, maybe yeah. some freedom to kind of improv some lots of dad jokes yeah. <laughs> which Corey, i'm sure you have a uh, dad jokes that must be near and dear to your heart uh, because they're they're all over with especially with the billy character um <laughs> so so cory how did you uh, get to taking a lot of the improv was that something that was easy to to do and, and incorporate into the film. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Nathan and I had a conversation early on, and I was telling him a little bit of the inspiration behind the puns. And you know, I have a a, a group of friends, and I and we're always just trying to outpun each other. And I said, you know, you're really just trying to impress your wife and impress your best friend here with your puns. And I said, so feel free to drop them uh, you know as much as you want and so he did his homework and came back with like uh you know 50 uh 50 great new puns and uh some of them made it in the movie some of them are in the edit reel and there's probably another couple dozen that are on the cutting room floor but uh, besides <laughs> the puns it, there wasn't a ton more improv as far as dialogue goes just because um 
everyone did such an amazing job memorizing it during the uh, the rehearsals. Um, and so sometimes when you're counting on that memorization, um, you know, and and somebody throws some improv in there, it can it can throw things off. So um, sure. really, besides the punch, but then uh, there was a lot of improvisation as far as just movement. I mean, we originally uh, blocked everything out and all of the movements out, but when we got into the heat of filming it, it just, we really let the actors do their natural, their natural movements of sort of, you know, following the gifts around and chasing the gifts and, and, uh, and that, that created a real loose, uh, you know, camera style and everything, uh, that, that I thought turned out really nice. Awesome. Um, well, um, let's talk about, uh, some other aspects of the film. Uh, I guess I really shouldn't try to get too spoiler territory, but they're, there was some drama with your character PJ, uh, Lana's character PJ, revealing um, a secret about one of her friends uh, that she was with child, and uh, um, that yeah, that can be a very sensitive topic. Yeah, um, uh, but uh, tell us about have you have you ever dealt with or had a friend that's dealt with something like that by by spoiling something so sacred amongst like you know a public setting like that? Well. Amongst friends, at least, but uh, has basically has a secret ever been let out in your experience that uh, along that magnitude is what I'm trying to ask. You know, none of my friends are a holes, so that has not happened to me. But, um, you know, okay, what she did, what PJ did was really not cool. I mean, she kind of lets everyone have it a little, but that was like next level. Um, I think we've all we all can relate in that we've all done things we're not proud of. And then in retrospect, been like, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. Um, so I try to give her a little leeway with the fact that she, you know, learned that her boyfriend, longtime boyfriend and best friend have been hiding this secret from her. And she just kind of lashes out at everyone. I'm not sure why she lashes out at everyone else, but I think that's, that is a human thing. Unfortunately, people do that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I've seen that happen in real life, but I do feel like as a, when I was in like middle school and, you know, things were like super hormonal, I do remember writing an email to like all my friends and one by one being like, you know, Amanda, you did this to me. And like, <laughs> this to me. And then I, I just remember this recently and I was like, oh my God, I kind of pulled a PJ, except that I didn't say anything that was like too hurtful. I, I realized in retrospect right. that I, to push everyone away because we were all going to different high schools and I couldn't handle the pain. So maybe that's what Pete is trying to do. She's hurting so much. She's like, I, I got to push these people away. And uh, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt on that one. All right. Yeah. And um, I think, and I think your... I, just to interrupt, yes, I think it's a, it's a testament to how amazing of an actress that Lana is that uh, by the end of the movie, you are back in love with her. So, you know, that that takes some, something really special, I think, you know. And, of course, it's a Christmas movie, you know. You gotta, the friends have to make up, you know. <laughs> sure. and it, which is evidenced by the end. with it. And I love the way how you handled the uh, kind of like the uh, several months later aspects with all the characters and where they were in the future. Um, or was it the following Christmas, I believe, um, and where they were. And... Uh, but that, that's in the spoiler territory, so, <laughs> but uh, it's very nice. I love how you handled that. Um, really cool. And even in the opening credits, you know, the credits are on the Christmas balls. That was really cool. I right. like that. Right. That was really clever. 
let's see. One aspect uh, that I learned from the film is about perfect alcohol level, the PAL, and uh, that is so important, man. <laughs> Paul, that was your character. That, that was uh, your character, right? Yes. That brought up the uh, perfect alcohol level. <laughs> yeah. You're just looking out for everyone. You have to have that perfect alcohol level, you know? You, you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to underdo it. It's like right that sweet spot the goldilocks effect yeah no sometimes i i i get better at billiards when, after i've had a few drinks because it calms the nerves so there's, there's the perfect the pal for playing pool or sports there's a pal for being able to drive there's a pal you know obviously and that yeah. pal is zero everywhere <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Exactly. Hey, thank you thank exactly. you <laughs> and a pal yeah basically for love making is there one i think yeah. someone mentioned it over <laughs> <laughs> you don't want, you don't want to go into dangerous territory on that one either. So you, I've learned a lot from your film. You know, right. I can say you know just some of the terminology. It's great. Um, what else? Um, let's talk about. Um, gosh, so first of all, uh, before I get into other stuff, um, the chemistry with you guys. Like I, I felt like I was really watching a bunch of best friends. So uh, congratulations to the entire cast for being able to just uh bring that together you know so yeah. i know when you cast people you know sometimes you you know you're not sure if there's chemistry especially um the the, the people that are playing couples you know you have to make sure that that you have that chemistry and then that it's believable and every single one of the, the couples did a fantastic job um in that so i was wondering did anyone fall in love on set with their actual uh i know i know with you uh lana you and um yeah, all over again. But uh, was there any romance afterwards for any of the cast? <laughs> well, I did. I, I I guess I'm gonna have to say this and reveal it. It's pretty personable, but I did fall in love with the bull. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the inflatable bull. Okay, yep. so you so you took that home. Yep, and we okay. had a nice romance. It lasted, uh, you know, maybe six months or so, and then. Things just fizzled out. Would you say they deflated? <laughs> <laughs> Among other things, right? <laughs> what, about, what about the pillow, Corey? Who fell in love with? Yes, the who who brought home the pillow? That that relationship was had a lot of bull in it. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I I uh, I tried. You know, the the funny thing about the pillow is that. Um, you know, all of these gifts, as you know, the rules are that they had to be $100. And um, so when I was, you know, I had my uh, my prop department hat on and I was building up the props for this, like, okay, I need to find a sex pillow for $100. So I ordered it on Amazon, which just so you know, you can get those on Amazon. Okay. And it shows up in the mail. I'm like, this is $100. Right. Wait, they paid $100 for that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I tried to like. Piece of foam. I tried to use the cost of it to like woo my wife to like, I was like, Hey babe, I got a hundred dollars sex fellow. It, her reaction was the same as mine. Like, That's a hundred dollars. What's it for? I don't, you know, so, uh, I, I think it's still in the wrapping somewhere. So, uh, maybe, maybe we'll, uh, like, you know, auction it off or something. What's the worst gift that each of you have received, uh, during the holiday season? Oh, the worst. First gift. I feel like I've gotten a few re-gifts in my time. Like I've yeah. got like um 
that like gift baskets that clearly expired five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got one of those oh, too. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and you can totally tell it's regifted because of the expiration date. Some of the items. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Julie. You're like, who is Julie? <laughs> right. <laughs> Paul Great. Corey. I, well, Corey, I know because you, you, I know you got something to say about that because your experience during the white elephant uh, gift exchange, right? Yeah, jeez. I mean, there's so many. I think I got a uh, a coffee machine from a girl I was dating, and I don't drink coffee. Oh, wow. So. I'm almost. I don't know what's more surprising, her getting that gift, knowing you don't like coffee, or the fact you don't like coffee. <laughs> yeah. well, how did I this about you? You don't drink coffee? No. Do you drink tea or you don't need caffeine at all? Uh, I'll drink iced tea, but I don't, not because not I need it really. Just. Wow. Wow. All right. Paul, do you have any. Uh... And then we broke up that day. By the oh, way. of course. <laughs> well, that makes but sense. I kept, I kept the coffee machine still. <laughs> nice. <laughs> any crappy um, gifts, Paul? Uh, so during a white elephant, I got. I ended up with uh, a makeup set that I <laughs> didn't need. Um, so yeah, definitely the the worst gift for me personally. I'm sure someone else would be like, "Yeah, makeup set," but yeah, I just didn't need it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, surely you need a little makeup sometimes. It just wasn't my color and my foundation. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of glitter. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, have you thought about um, a sequel for this film? Uh, yeah, actually, I have. I've been I've been writing uh, been writing it, and oh, good. Uh, um, I, I think I have a pretty good. Uh, I'm pretty excited about how it's coming together. So, yeah. Oh, that's great! And of course, all the original cast will be back. Absolutely, it would never would never do it without them. And, and yes, uh, there's awesome. a line in the movie if you remember where. They talk about a couple who was there the first year and then they had to miss a year. So they got uninvited for, for and so uh, in the sequel, that couple comes back uh, and they have a big secret. So that's that's the, the hook. It's oh. all secrets. That's a lot of fun. And it's a musical and Paul d dances throughout the whole Maybe. Yeah, the, the, I, I saw that Coco was a singer. Paul, you're a dancer. So a lot of people have musical backgrounds as well. Yeah. Well, everyone. I feel like everyone has some kind of crazy multi-talent from this cast. It's kind of cast is musical. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So that that's the perfect route to go to go on. Although there was a little musical number at the end of the end credits. That's kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. You get to see everyone's talents there. Yeah. Um, except for the actor <clears throat> that plays Wayne, because he said he doesn't sing. I guess. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but everyone <laughs> everyone did a great job. Well, I. I would like to talk about some other projects, um, if we could. Uh, feel free to plug away because I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of stuff to promote now that productions are starting to open up. And sure, um, actually, I was seeing here, Lana, that you were in another Christmas movie recently. Yeah, I've done a few. Um, I did a, a Christmas movie. Christmas was one I did um, in 2019. 2019. Mm -hmm. um, and that was, uh, yeah, we shot it in Frankenmuth, Michigan, which is like the Christmas capital of America. It's like Christmas yeah. light. Um, and I, I shot another one actually mid-pandemic, um, right around the time that we shot this. But I was just 
a small role in that one. Um, and then I've done a couple others um, in years prior, but I love Christmas movies. I'm a big cheese ball and they make me very happy. And I love- Oh, to that's make- great. Found, found, I guess, a genre that kind of works for you, uh, considering this, this mul- these are multiple, uh, you know, genres, uh, or sorry, uh, multiple roles in this genre that you've done. Yeah. Yeah. Lana, what else you got going on in, in the um, in the film and TV world that we can talk about? Um, I have some video games coming out. There's a Harry Potter um, mobile game that's coming out, uh, I believe, soon, in the summer or the fall, and I'm the voice of... Awesome. Um, oh, cool! And I'm I'm working on this uh, this other video game that it's gonna not gonna be out for like two years, and I honestly don't even know what it is because there's so much secrecy around it. But it was my first time doing motion capture, so oh, but, cool! Yeah, um, it'll put on that suit, huh? Yeah, and I'm shooting a, a thriller in September, so that will probably be out next year, and that's. That's mostly what I've got going awesome. on. Awesome. All right. And um, Paul, you got some cool things I'm looking up on your IMDb. You got a film called The Space Between. Yeah, uh, I shot that about a year ago. I think it's about to come out. I'm not sure. Um, right. And then I just recently shot um, a movie out in North Carolina that was like a YA coming of age um, movie called along for the ride it's like centers around yeah i see that all that stuff um so that comes out on netflix i'm not sure when but um and then recently i did um the mask dancer uh and oh cool recently came out yeah oh that's right you did the mask dancer yeah <laughs> that's great uh, as one of the the celebrities or, or one of the like uh, in as another one the, capacity the, the one of the pros that dances with the celebrity Oh, that's dope. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. Yeah. Oh, that must that, that seems like a like a fun show to work on. Oh, very fun. Uh, the 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 ensemble and the cast is absolutely amazing. Um definitely wearing those uh outfits was kind of uncomfortable, but uh yeah. cuz dancing in a mask it's not easy. Um it was hard to breathe. <laughs> and on top of the mask, we had another mask under cuz it was covid time. Oh, right. So, uh it was not not the best, but the show itself was absolutely fun and the choreographers and just the whole ensemble. It's such a great show. I love, I love being a part of the, the masked uh, series, whether it's singer or dancer. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I had a, a question about the space between you. Can you tell us a little bit about the, your character? Cause I, I, I definitely like the genre. Um, and also yeah. um, I guess, did you work closely with Paris Jackson? So I had, I had, I would, I had a small role in that. Um, and I did work with Paris Jackson. Um, and she's, she's phenomenal. She's, uh, awesome. she sang in that as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a small role and a, a really cool project to be a part of. Uh, it takes place in like the nineties and, um, it, yeah, uh, I, I, I it's, it was so long ago that I did it. Uh, and I know that it kept getting pushed back for the, the uh, pre-production, uh, sorry, the post-production, and just when it was going to be released. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it as well. Awesome. And uh, Corey, um, I know you you mentioned the sequel. Uh, also, do you have a, a, any other projects on the plate yeah. coming up? Um, well, it's kind of fun when 
when I was writing this, we were developing uh, a, a script called Rosé All Day. And uh, that's, oh, where, wow. okay. that's where the Rosé All Day robe That's where it comes from, from the robe. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I thought maybe this, someday this will be a little Easter egg of like our, uh, and then um, yeah. we got the movie made. So we made that in April and we're, in, we're finishing post right now. And then uh, I'm finishing post on a documentary that I'm directing. That's a documentary comedy. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of the big focus, I guess. So. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Sounds like um, all of you have some amazing stuff coming up. But uh, before we conclude, let's uh, tell the audience where we can see White Elephant and all the platforms. If you could. Yeah, the movie comes out July 19th. And uh It'll be everywhere, uh, everywhere you can buy and rent movies. So check it out and um, then, you know, watch it again uh, in December. <laughs> watch it. Exactly. Get get all hyped up for the holidays. Mid Christmas in July and then watch it again. Watch it again in December. This is a, a holly jolly, very fun interview, guys. And uh, again, love the film. It was a lot of fun. A lot of laughs. Some intense drama among the characters, but it's Christmas time, so you got to resolve it all in the end, right? <laughs> so, right. awesome. Well, uh, I guess uh, to close out uh, the interview, if you could go around and let us know who you are, um, your character or role in the project, and let us know you're on Below the Belt show. Hi, I'm Lana McKissick. I play PJ in White Elephant, and I'm on the Below the Belt show. Hi, I'm Paul Kameen. I play Scott in White Elephant, and you are on the Below the Belt show. Hey, it's Corey Moss. I'm the writer-director of White Elephant, and you're on the Below the Belt show. And if you could throw out like a Merry Christmas catchphrase. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, dude, I'm trying to think of something clever, but I'll just do it. <laughs> uh, I'm Corey Moss, writer-director of White Elephant. Merry Christmas to all of you. Love Woo! it. I'll be. I'll probably be playing this promo for our Christmas show in December. Perfect. So <laughs> awesome. So Thank you all. Hats on us. Yes. Oh yeah. I know, right? Let's do a um nice little snapshot on the count of three. One, two, and all right. Awesome. Thanks so much for talking hey. to us. This is Thank fun. Thank you, Paul. It was so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Paul. Nice to meet you, Lana. You as well, Al. Corey. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's a lot of fun. Take care, guys. Right. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. has been a whole show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, until next time, keep chilling like a villain. Bye, 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 b